Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to That Happened. Ready? Yes. Okay. This week on That Happened was Joe. So, the biggest thing out the way, BET Awards uh, had their annual award show last Sunday. Trash. And apparently people feel that it was the most ghettoist BET Awards celebration. Um, no, because the because uh, of the outfits. They said the outfits. They said the behavior. They said, uh, well, actually, it got executed on the show. I feel like, one, there's a writer's strike. So, typically, those are pretty, I don't want to say controlled by, but usually there's, like, a script or something for people to use to get the show ready. Secondly, um, look at the talent pool we're tapping into to fill up the award show. Thirdly, I don't know why people think BET Awards was ever a classy situation. Because it hasn't been. And then, uh, see, there's no writers. So apparently, um, when they had it, they also did a celebration of 50 years of hip-hop. Uh, Buster Rhymes got a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he performed, impromptu performance. Almost had like a full 10 to 15 minute set when he was supposed to have five minutes. Then... Um, the reason was because it was the better sets. Apparently so. Yes. Apparently so. People quite enjoyed themselves. Because... They knew the songs. Sure. Because they're good songs. And the the problem with the BET Awards, these new artists, they don't have songs that are probably going to last past the year that they were created. So if you notice, when all the old heads performed, everybody was standing up singing all the songs. <laughs> That's true. So. That's true. It is what it is. It's very interesting. So uh, apparently uh, Master P got on stage and did was part of the. Yeah, fifty the, years of hip hop, uh, and the South did too. The rest of the South showed up. Apparently, I don't know if Big Boy and them showed up. No, so for like one part of the South, they did. I like. I, I don't. I know Master say, P was part of the South. I don't want to say the gangster songs, but okay, the thugs. Okay. So I don't want to say thug. Just the more hype songs. Like and what? Then like what? They did the Master P. Yeah. They did Trina and oh, Trick okay. Daddy. Trina and Trick Daddy count as the South? They're Miami. I don't know why I don't count them as the South. I feel like that's its own separate thing. Miami is, is not in L.A. I know it's not in the North. Or New York. But I also it's don't, in Florida. I, I also don't feel like it's part of the South. I mean, I think the South, I think Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi. Like, where that's what is I Miami think. located? Miami's in Florida. Which is where? Right next to South Carolina. Region. I'm just saying, when, when people think of the South, they're not like, you know what I think of, Florida. Like, and then they did, uh, I wanted, or did they do a whole Miami thing? I get that. I can understand that. Like, did uh, Uncle Luke showed up or something? Yeah, he okay. was on it too. So then for Atlanta, they did one, pretty much all the songs that became dance crazes. Like, Stinky Leg. Oh, uh, the t-shirt song? No. They do white tea. Um, what's uh, his Soldier Boy? Oh, I think they like me. They do that one. No, and then they did um, DJ Unk walk it out. They do walk it out. And they probably did one more. Did David Banner show up? No. Okay. They didn't do that stuff. So then I think LA had their own thing, or did they? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, okay. I didn't, okay. First of all, I didn't watch. So let's just start there. Well, I know that um, there was some notable things that happened. Uh, part of the Migos showed back up. Oh, yeah. And they did a, a thing for Offset. Yeah, they did a tribute for Offset. I think it was Quavo and whoever the other person was. Sure. Um, I don't think their music is going to stand the test of time, neither. Oh, no. Is Offset? I think Offset's married to Cardi B. Who are we thinking of? Oh, the guy that died. I don't Quavo. Is it Quavo? I'm going to have to Google now. That's how much I listen to Migos. Zero times. Migos. Takeoff was the one who died. Okay. You said it was Offset. So, guess what? But you're right. It is. Offset, Quavo. I no. said Takeoff was the one who died. Calvin. I don't know their goddamn names. You just said all of their names. Yeah. I don't know which is which. Calvin. Okay, so you, but you're right. Takeoff is the one that passed. So, Quavo and Offset reunited and did a little thing for him. I didn't know they were broken up. Yeah, they kind of did their own. They all did their, went their separate ways. Yep. Um, doesn't matter. Their music might stand for another maybe two, three years, and then it'll be done. Well, okay, so I, all of that went down. Even, I'm sorry, even Bow Wow talked about it. Like, the problem Talked with, about what? So he got an interview, he was talking about, I guess somebody asked him, how do you feel about the, the war show or whatever? He was like... People Recently, did, yeah. Bow Wow had an interview where he talked about the BET Awards. I guess he was there, and it was asking him about. Uh, she asked him, "No hip hop song made the top Billboard, top ten Billboard this year, or whatever." Wow! For the first time, or wow. whatever. And he was like, "Well, they need to stop making better music." He like Bow Wow music, said that. Yeah, the music out there is trash. Everybody sound the same. There's no difference. I mean, I, I'm old, but I agree. He said, so until people start making, he said, I think it's going to be a change. I think it's going to get back to the artists and the artists actually being artists. But for right now, make better music. That's probably why. So not like I followed. I didn't even know that. But apparently no hip hop song made the top. 10 on the billboard or something. Or made the number one, didn't chart or okay. something like that for the first time. Don't quote me on that, but I think, but it has something to do with a hip hop song not making the Billboard number one or something Some like that. Some kind of chart, okay. But if you look at all the people who put out music, none of the heavy hitters put out music. I don't think Drake put out none this year. Yeah, he did. He put out what did he put out? He put out that whole diss track against Serena Williams. Remember? It was part of a full album, and he one of the songs was a whole diss track against uh, women that did him wrong, and he name dropped Serena Williams. Oh, really? Yeah, um, it was a whole thing. Cause people were like, what the heck is going on right so now? So Serena got her black band on, and everybody's mad? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Cole didn't put nothing out. Kendrick. Kendrick's retired. So, whatever. But Kendrick dropped that single with uh, Beyonce this year. That's an R&B song. Okay. Anywho, so that all happened. Um, but the most notable thing that everybody was talking about was Patti LaBelle not knowing the words to Simply the Best for her tribute to Tina Turner. Um, so I found out that this poor woman, like she told them up front, I don't know the words to all this song. They were like, don't worry, we got you. We're going to put it on the teleprompter. They sat people in front of the teleprompter. I thought she couldn't see because like maybe she didn't have her glasses or they put it too far away. No, people were blocking the teleprompter. That's why she couldn't see. So... Why do we have to sing Simply the Best? That's the song they wanted. Who chose that song? I wonder if it was supposed to transition to something else, but because she couldn't get past 
the first part of it and everything else just fell apart. They just didn't. I'm so sick of them doing Patty LaBelle wrong. <laughs> I got to give it to her. She's an improv genius. I give it to her. Because she's used to things failing. <laughs> Listen, I don't think it did. And she can cover it up because she's talented. I don't think it shined a bad light on Miss Patty. If anything, it just showed like another iconic moment for us to quote and repeat. And to. They could have just did what's love got to do with it. I guarantee if they asked her to sing what's love got to do with it, she knew at least the first. I feel like they were trying to do like the best of. I'd like she'd sing a little bit of this one and then this one and then this one, but because she couldn't get through the first one, they didn't know how to transition. They were too busy trying to fix how she could get through that first one that they just they didn't even go through anything else. Is my theory. I don't know. So that happened. Um and then uh other ghetto ass shenanigans ensued. Uh, Melly Mel got arrested the next day on suspicion of domestic assault. Like, still being in the same city as the awards show. Was about to leave to go to the airport. Got picked up. Then we've got uh, Sexy Red, who had an impromptu performance in the audience of the award. Apparently, she was singing her song. Have you ever heard of it? Of course not. Okay. It's known for the whole, my pussy's pink, my, my boo-doo hole's brown. It's known for that lyric. It's a very raunchy song. Apparently, she was dancing and singing a song next to somebody who does gospel music. So, people were like, oh. Oh, so she was doing and shaking her booty and the legendary BET. Oh, I forgot the dude name. Uh-huh. He used to have a gospel morning show okay. on BET for like decades. Okay. Um, he's from D.C. Uh-huh. I think they filmed it out here. No, they filmed it in L.A. I swear they filmed it. The award show was in no. L.A. His gospel show was filmed out here. Okay, sure. In the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So, I forgot his goddamn name. Doesn't matter. Uh, but, yeah. People were just like, oh, affronted. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they put the gospel people in he the same. He looked like he was having a good time. I don't know why they put the gospel people in the same section of the, the ratchet people. The People were just in awe that she you, did an impromptu. So, she wasn't selected to have a performance. You, you can't save them all. She she wasn't selected to have a performance. So some people are saying it was genius of her to have this standout moment. And other people were like, it's disrespectful. So that that's going on. Oh, his name is um Keep going, I'll figure it out. Interesting. Little Uzi Vert and JT from City Girls got into it at the award show with JT throwing her cell phone at his face. I don't you don't really care about these people. But don't at all. So there's been a lot of cheating allegations. He got like a full a full letter got leaked to the internet about this girl messing with him this whole time and that JT found out but she decided to stand by her man uh, the theory was they got into the fight because he may or may not have been trying to hit on Ice Spice so she's a new rapper on the scene uh, that's getting a lot of um, a, lot, a lot of people are talking about her because she's got a hit on TikTok uh, but they're like no it wasn't because of Ice Spice but it's still just like wow okay there's so many things were happening during this award show so, so many the- so the guy she was twerking on his head was Dr. Bobby Jones. Okay. He's, he's talking about Sexy Red, not Ice Spice, or any of the other people that I just talked about. And the gospel legend. Interesting. Uh, also, Offset had the unmitigated gal to accuse Cardi B of cheating on him very recently. He put up an Instagram post um, saying that he can't believe this woman is cheating on him behind his back. Mind you, this is the same nigga who has constantly cheated on Cardi B. Uh, there was a sex tape that got released. She got into a fight with several of the women's he was messing with. Why are we even talking about it and care that he said she's cheating on him? I just found it 
hilarious. I don't find it hilarious. I, just, I find it pragmatic. Pra- how is it pragmatic? Just do as I say, not as I do. That makes it pragmatic? I Yeah, because I would assume he doesn't want to be cheated on, even though he likes to cheat. <laughs> so she was supposed to divorce him. She filed the paperwork, but then they supposedly reconciled, but cl- clearly. Clearly, it's still a hot mess. I don't know why she's putting herself through this. Please escape and get help. Um, We also have more news around Jonathan Major's latest nonsense. I don't know if anybody watched, but apparently he got to report to trial around June 20th, where he showed up to the courthouse in a very disheveled, very wrinkled attire that made zero sense. Um, I don't know what the point to prove was. For that, his legal team is also stating that they've presented, they've got all this proof. They're saying they have all this proof to show that Jonathan Majors is innocent. They say they gave a bunch of the documentation to the NYPD uh, of what really happened during the alleged assault. Uh, They also said that the NYPD has found probable cause to investigate the woman who filed these charges initially, but NYPD has not confirmed this or at all. And um, people are just very confused about what the tactics are for this. Like, why is the legal team dropping all of this? It just makes him look even worse. And then Rolling Stone, very recently, I think as of yes, a Friday, potentially, they dropped an article alleging that more than two dozen people have come forward to report that Jonathan Majors was abusive in his past partners. What did Jonathan Majors do? For these people to, to like, throw him under the bus. I feel like the tipping point was whatever happened with this white woman. I feel like that was the tipping point. Has and then he started losing stuff. Who did he piss off in Hollywood for all the stuff to come out? Oh, you think somebody's controlling the entire narrative? Isn't it obvious? I disagree, but I'm going to say okay. It is. Yeah. This guy. To, to say your words, sometimes people are just jerks. Okay, whatever. This guy was on cloud nine. You're right. He was sky rocketing. All of a sudden, he comes down like the Hindenburg. People are saying it's because he dated a white woman. No. Okay. So I'm pretty sure he's dating this white woman when he's on his sky high. Yes. So he said something or pissed somebody off in Hollywood. They were like, guess what? Your time is done. That sounds like some nigga Illuminati situation. No. And I disagree. No. Okay, whatever. Conspiracy theories. Sometimes people are just jerks. No, sometimes. And their stuff catches up to them. Yeah. And sometimes things, random things happen. I'm just and sometimes saying. Sometimes things happen that make don't make any sense. There's a lot of stuff that's happening around this that, he, that gives me the vibes of like, ugh. No. He was the man. He said something to the wrong person pissed the wrong person off and not even a week his whole career was done it wasn't a week his career was done in in a week this has been going on how long do you think this has been going on let me say it that way with everything came out in a week his career was done that week people dropped him that that next week he was done okay Calvin. meanwhile the flash was running around kidnapping folks Punch people in the face. Yeah. And he still has a movie. Well, you know it flopped? Did you know it flopped? Sure dun, dun, dun. 
Sure it did. It flopped. It's right. not making the money that they have projected after all of that. They're like, there's all these think pieces of people trying to explain away why it, it flopped. They're like, uh, maybe because people have superhero fatigue. Maybe it's because, you know, it was overhyped. Maybe because uh, they felt a way about the Christopher Reeves. Uh, spoiler. They felt a way about the Christopher Reeves cameo. But uh, I feel like the strongest indicator was the fact that so many people were like, no, I'm not going to support this. I'm not going to go watch this. Absolutely not. And it flopped. Hilarious. That's, the point is he got to do it. Well, well, I also feel like it's not. I, I understand that he definitely got a lot more leniency for sure. But he already had that in the bag. Like, Jonathan Majors has a film that's already in the bag that's going to get aired. He's still tied to Marvel's cinematic universe also because he's already done a lot of stuff for that. Like I said, he pissed the wrong person off. I don't think it's just that. It's one thing if leaks came out and then maybe two weeks or a month after everything built up, people were like, okay, yeah. That is what happened. No. It wasn't a week. It felt like it was like two weeks. I think that's when you became aware of it. But no, he's been dealing with this since January. Okay. And and by before February, he was done. No, March is when they started dropping him from everything. Because at the time, nobody was, no one, there wasn't a whole lot of people being like, it happened. They were like, we'll wait. And then the video started coming out. His legal team started making him sound guilty as heck. Then he started losing the deals. Then... All of a sudden, he's dating Megan Good. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's dating Megan Good. Whatever. Moving right along. And and he's going to court. They're saying they have all of this documentation. Okay. They're saying that he's innocent. Whatever. So it's still up in the air what's going to happen legally with him. If, they, if they're going to be able to prove that this instance. It don't matter. He's done. I find it interesting. He's done. I find it interesting. So anyway, that's happening with Jonathan Majors. Um. But personally, I feel like it's a countdown until uh, more stuff gets leaked around that. Whatever. Whatever he did, pissed off. It's done. Uh, I caught I Am a Virgo, and it was weird as fuck in the blackest way, and I highly enjoyed it. it. If you like superhero stuff, which I don't think people keep saying we have superhero fatigue. I don't think so, because Into the Spider-Verse just went huge, and Guardians of the Galaxy's latest sequel also went huge. So... I Am a Virgo kind of plays on the power tropes. It's also a satire of what's happening in terms of like real life, uh, you know, uh, capitalism, race relations, failings of society as a whole. It kind of touches on a lot of that in a short time frame. I think it's like eight episodes. Highly enjoyed it. It was hysterical. I also really like their takes on their powered individuals. I really like how they explain their powers. So I feel like you should watch it if you like superhero stuff. With uh, a a deeper, prodding look at capitalism and race relations. Okay. Okay. Is uh, it still going on? The show, the show, they dropped all the episodes at the same time, so you can watch all eight episodes of the first season right now. It might get a second season. It's by Boots Riley. Apparently, he was known in hip hop. He's known for his music. I've never heard of him. Whatever. Uh, also, the news, I don't say the news dropped. I think it's been known for a little bit. But Ryan Murphy, who is the creator of uh, the American Horror Stories and all of that fun stuff, Glee, 
is focusing his next monster series on the Menendez brothers. So his monster series featured, uh, was around, focused on Jeffrey Dahmer to high critical acclaim. A lot of critics really loved the storytelling around Dahmer. However, there was a lot of controversy around Dahmer because a lot of the family was not aware that they were even doing this. And they frame for frame reenacted a lot of the family's reactions in court to what was going on, um, you know, to their other family members who were victims of Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, and they didn't receive any compensation from Netflix or from the show, like at all. So also there was this whole discussion around how so many people were caping for the actor who played Jeffrey Dahmer. They're talking about how sexy he was. Okay. And how he could murder them. It was okay. terrible. It was, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer only killed minorities. He only killed marginalized people. Whatever. 11 of his victims were black. And they think it's around 15 victims total that he was doing all this stuff. Everybody else looked like Latino or Asian insanity. Oh, it sounds like he was a racist killer. He was. So, but so now they're doing the Menendez brothers and people are kind of like, I wonder how this is going to go. Right. Because there's been, there was that recent documentary that came out that we covered around them. There's a renewed interest by Gen Z and Gen A around the Menendez trials. So. Whatever. They're weak anyway. I don't know that they're weak, but so people are wondering what exactly kind of take they're going to do for this. Are they going to focus on the alleged so, abuse the brothers suffered? The only people going to watch is are the crybabies. No. Yep. <laughs> no. Okay. Do you even know who Ryan Murphy is, Callan? No. Okay. Not in the slightest. His, the shows that this person produces is huge. Everybody watches them. But they're also very stylized. They're very dram- dramatized. So they're not accurately factual either. So they're known to like stretch out the story. So I'm very interested because, you know, the Menendez brothers, after that last documentary, they're trying to get their verdict overturned. So. Of course. Why not? But I wonder if this is going to be helpful for them. Probably not. Okay. So, so in case you guys did not know, there were instances in the original trials for the Menendez brothers where the first time they went to trial, it resulted in a locked jury. Jury, They couldn't come to a consensus. They couldn't come to an agreement as to whether or not these boys were guilty because it included this whole sexual abuse allegation that was backed by testimony from their own family um, and other people. But at the time, which was the early 90s, the prosecutor for them said that men couldn't be raped because they lacked the necessary equipment to, to be raped. Understandable. When they had the second trial, the judge basically relied on a, a legal decision by the Supreme Court in an unrelated case to limit testimony about their sexual abuse and not allow the jury to vote on manslaughter charges. So he took another option away as well. It had to be a lifetime sentence only. Welcome to the justice system. It was insane. So it'll be interesting to see if they include all of that when they do this show. Are they just going to focus on the murders? Like, how, I'm very interested to find out how they're going to tackle this. It's going to be crazy. And that's it. That's it for Dad Happened. Actually, I have something for Dad Happened. Okay. So I was surfing the YouTubes. And came across this argument between like Rasby and Orlando Brown. Then I talked to you about it, and you told me that this person had a 
whole network that was. They don't have a network. Ray well, J has a network called Zeus where this show is on. Um, we will never say that name in this household again. I thought you were such a stan. We have previous episodes of you loving him and calling we me the hater. We will never call out that uh, whole uh, TV uh, thing he has. Interesting. Ever in this house again. Interesting. Um, apparently, it's just for trash TV and trash TV alone. And um, We like trash TV. That's the purpose of this entire podcast. Yes. But I don't like. Kevin doesn't like black trash TV. That's no. what it is. He gets real upset about it. No, I don't like. Like, it's heavily scripted. You don't think 90 Day Fiance isn't heavily scripted? You don't think Love After Lockup is not heavily scripted? No. Okay. I don't think it's not like this. Okay. Okay, whatever. Sure. Well, then that's all I have for whatever. Okay. Do you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify. Interact. Do all the things. Because you know we like that. And now, our feature presentation. Feature. 90 Day Fiance. Before the 90 Days. Feature. Yeah, I don't know. So, what were your... Trying to work on my different voices. Oh, okay. What were your overall thoughts before we jump into the couples? Um, what do you think of this cast? Actually, it's pretty good. It's a lot of different personalities. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more digestible personalities like yes. 90 days the other way i couldn't watch any, any of it i couldn't watch it why because it was it got annoying very fast okay yeah there's more variety of uh i guess uh personalities on this one okay <laughs> i don't know what to say okay. some unique new york people unique new, new unique york new york people. All right, so let's kick it off. We're going to talk about uh, David and Sheila first. David is the person who is deaf. Sheila is his lady in the Philippines. She's out of Cebu, Cebu. Um, and this is the first time he's meeting her. He's been on this flight for at least three episodes, so he's finally there. And uh, it's exactly what he wanted it to be. It's the warm welcome he wanted. He talked about how he was hoping he'd land. They'd see each other at the airport, and she'd run into his arms. And that's exactly what happened. It was very cute. I really enjoyed it. Let me set the scene. Okay. Nothing. What no noise. Calvin. Quiet. A lot of hand slapping. No hand slapping. A lot of that. Then Sheila would say something. And then a lot of quiet. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, Calvin is being incredibly rude. More of that. And then crying. With no noise. So I, I thought it was really touching that they both cried as they held each other in the airport. Can I say quiet crying is scary? It's not scary. Yes. People crying with no noise is kind of scary. No, it's not. It happens yes. all the time. It's, it's disturbing. Calvin, you're disturbed. So, so Sheila got everything ready so that she could spend as much time with David as possible uh, while he's there. She let her son know that he's going to be staying with his grandparents. For, I don't know if it's for the whole trip, but for at least the first couple of nights. Because she's trying to get it in with David. Mommy. She's ready. Mommy got to do a lot of hand gestures. No. And then, um, I'm also interested to see David's reaction when he does go see her place. 
because it's going to look crazy. There'll be a lot of quiet crying again. So the way the show has set it up right now is that there's, there was going to be a communication barrier because David, you know, it speaks using ASL and Sheila doesn't know ASL is how they painted it. But it turns out Sheila has a little bit of an understanding of ASL. She's not fluent, but she knows more than the show started with. She's okay. fully communicating with David without using her phone to, t- to talk. I was impressed. It's Good a little. For her. It's like, and, and she's doing it in another language. So she has to process how she would normally say it in Tagalog, then process that into English, and then process that into ASL. I think she's doing really good. Great for her. She paid attention. <laughs> Which, by 90 Day Fiance standards, makes her ahead of the pack. Makes her, leaps her, leaps and bounds ahead of the pack. Because she gave effort? Yes. Sure. We're going to get to another couple who gets mad because she put in zero effort. So, yeah. <laughs> so, what, I, did you, what did you think? I, it's too quiet for me. Like I said, in all of my other critiques um i don't like reading all the words on the screen when david's talking watches anime not he watches dubbed but he also watches subs oh there anywho um sheila is the only reason i continue to watch his relationship because she uses words sometimes i'm invested um i don't think they're going to make it okay because there's a language barrier there is well, so I thought that language barrier was going to be really huge. But she she knows some signs. And she's able to piece together what he's saying. And I feel like the more they hang out, the easier that's going to be for her. Also, her own hearing impairment is something that they actually do have in common. I am interested to find out how this is going to work overall. Because right now, David has several jobs to support her, her son, and I think ultimately her parents right now. I wonder how that is going to factor into everything. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah. But I think he's also going to see why <laughs> why she needs to help her right now. Because it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not great if you're a local in the Philippines right She's now. She's in a horrible situation. She really is. So, but I'm happy that their little meeting was so cute. I'm happy that she actually does know some ASL. So it's not like they're just staring at each other and relying on these phones to talk back and like forth. Like we're staring at the screen. What? Like we're staring at the screen. Okay. And <laughs> she's excited to spend the night with him. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Moving on to the next couple. I'm just going to work backwards. I said I was going to jump to a different couple, but I'm just going to jump to you Riley to... and Violet. Okay. I thought you want to go Jasmine and Gino. Uh, oh, Bert. You know and what? Jasmine. You're right. Let's do it. Let's do Jasmine. Because I wanted to knock them out as soon as possible because I'm very angry with that storyline. What is your thoughts on Jasmine and Gino? They shouldn't have made it to this season. I agree. Uh, They should have been gone a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> she should have just get back with one of her exes uh, and call it a Learning experience. Life. Yeah. Just keep it moving. When yes. we pick up with Jasmine and Gino, um, she's happy because they finally had some- he took the blue pill and he just laid there and she did whatever she wanted to do basically basically and that was it she says that gino has to take a pill and she says that he he doesn't get to climax at all 
he just gets tired. I was like, girl, this is so much information. And also, why are you doing this to yourself? Because she doesn't love herself. I don't understand. This is what happens when you don't love yourself. So, mind you, as soon as he stepped off that plane, it's been fight city. So, like, I, I so. I, I want her to shine the prenup. Yes, Gino brings up that he wants to do the prenup. Well, that. okay, so Gino get, starts giving her the gifts he brought her from. Where is he from, Michigan? Sure. sure. Yes. So he brings her back a travel pack to replace the other one he gave her. I don't think you know what a travel pack is. No. You have to put that stuff under your clothes. So that travel pack he gave her, you're supposed to tuck it under your pants. Why? So that it can't get stolen easily. It's supposed to be an anti-theft pack. So instead of having a wallet or a purse... You put all of your personal stuff, driver's ID, passport, money, in that pack very close to your personage. So, he is, gives her... That's gonna, is that really going to stop the thief from stealing I don't even stuff? know. I don't even know. I knew a guy who came to the job with a travel pack. And I work a front-facing job, so I needed, like, IDs to process his requests. And he had to dig into his pants. To flip out the pack so he could get through what he needed to get through. And then he didn't give me everything I needed. And he had already tucked the pack back. So then he had to dig back into his pants again to pull it back out. And, and he, was so, he, he was so frustrated and mad at me. It was hysterical. I didn't tell you to bring a damn fanny pack. It sir. was hysterical. Number one, number two. If someone's going to rob you, I'm pretty sure they're going to tell you strip down. I don't. And search you to make sure they get all. Everything they need from you. I just have many questions. I'm just saying. But apparently, Jasmine told Gino that she used it so much, it, like, fell apart. So he's like, I got you another one to replace it. And the look on her face is like, no, this is going to get lost as well. So, and then he also gives her the hair she requested. Way, way, way back at the beginning of this season, Gino was in that salon, pricing hair extensions. How much is hair? And they showed him a singular box. And they were like, it's 300 a box. And he's like, give me just one. Give me just one. (laughs) So he brings that to Jasmine. He shows Jasmine this is the hair that's at his local salon. And she's like, thank you so much. But you know I usually get 10 to 12 of these boxes to do my extensions. I I don't know why. And he's like, you don't need to spend that much money. You need to spend that much money. Hey, your hair looks nice. That's what he says. But she's like, she points to her own head and goes, this hair is like 3,500 bucks. This is me with my extensions. Which brings me to point number one. Gino, first, the first time we met Gino and Jasmine, his whole thing was that she was hot. She's one of the hottest people he's ever been with. Yada, blah, 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 blah. She's so hot. All of that costs money. And all of that costs money to keep up. It's not a sustainable look without the money. I think you look just as hot ball-headed. That's, that's a lie. So, just my thoughts. his confusion and, and or shock that Jasmine's like, yeah, for me to keep up my appearance, I'm going to spend yada yada so much to do this. I don't understand why he's constantly surprised or why he thinks it's Jasmine doing the most. He acts like this is stuff that she's doing just to do. You're just making a face. Yeah, because Bert's stupid. It's very, it's very confusing. So then we also find out that Gino is going to bring up the prenup. Poor people have no business having a prenup. 
He says now I'll more than that. ever, he realizes that Jasmine has unreasonable expectations about their finances. I, no. So again, I'm going to go back to when we first met him. In, in the season we met him in, which was, I think, another before the 90 days, I think it was. Or was it 90 Day Fiance? Doesn't matter. But the point was, one of the storylines for that first time that we met him was that he was lying to Jasmine about how much money he actually had. So there was that. So furthermore, why do we need a prenup if we've been lying about the money we have? He's like, I don't know why she thinks I have all this money. She's going to be really disappointed when we go back to Detroit, when she finally gets this visa. And it's like, why does she think this then, Gino? How did she come to this conclusion that you have so much money? What did you tell her? How about that? Why does she think that there's so much money for her to use? This is what happens when you date outside your financial bracket this is exactly what happens oh my gosh you want to date ig models but you got mcdonald's money <laughs> it don't it don't it don't add up it don't equal and okay? then you get mad at the ig model i don't then you understand get, you get mad at the ig model because she want what she has right because right. she's keeping herself up right and she know how much it costs which is what you wanted i'm confused so so Gino's like, we're going to talk. Um, let me let me broach the prenup. He says he's talked about the prenup before with Jasmine, and it did not go well. She got really upset. They got into a huge fight, and he didn't want to bring it up anymore after that. Because she knows there's a poor person telling her he wants a prenup. It is. So, But he brings it up anyway, and he doesn't bring it up smoothly. He stutters. He stops. He's like, I need to talk to you about something. I need to talk to you I, about I something. I don't know why I can't say this. Let me see. And mm. then he finally says it, and the look on Jasmine's face is... You got to be fucking for real right now. What are you talking about? Get on my face, Gina. I can't stand you, Gina. She basically tells him, I'm not signing no prenup. I'm not signing this prenup, Gina. If you want a prenup, we're not going to get married. She takes off her ring. She leaves the restaurant. Flash forward. I can open the door myself. To Jasmine and Gino back at the apartment. Apparently, it's the next day. Gino's like, she hasn't talked to, talked to me since our time at the restaurant the day before. I wonder why. He's furiously writing on a piece of paper. Which to do like an amendment draft to his prenup that he thinks is going to help Jasmine compromise on accepting a prenup. Essentially, what he wrote down was like what he declared or deemed to be further financial protections for Jasmine. Jasmine reads this thing over and it basically it's like if Jasmine initiates the divorce, she's going to get a small amount of money. But if I, Gino, initiate the divorce, then she's going to get more money. And Jasmine's looking at it like, this does not help me. This is not making me <laughs> making me want to accept this prenup whatsoever. And I thought Jasmine brought up a good point in that if she signs this prenup, she is essentially agreeing to the fact that she's a gold digger, which is what his entire family is saying. She's had to deal with it on social media. She's had to deal with it from him. But also... If he treats her badly or she feels she wants to leave the relationship because she's the one that, that is initiating the divorce, she's now back without anything again, which she had to do once before in a previous marriage. So if you don't know, Jasmine has been signing prenups all her life. Not all her life. But it, she's, she's had a situation where the relationship didn't end well and she had zero monies. She had zero monies. She had nothing to protect herself with. Because she signed a prenup. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, but is she actually going to break up with Gino? That's the question. 
no, she's not going to bring up with Gino, and Gino's going to do the same thing. He's going to stay with her. Like I said, poor people ain't got no business having a prenup. If you're not worth millions, you can't come to me talking about you want a prenup at all. It's not going to work. We're not doing it. We're not even having that discussion. We're done. This is just stupid. I don't... They shouldn't be together. They should have broke up a long time ago. The fact that she got to beg this man just to sleep with her, and then she got to put him on the pills, numerous blue pills, and all he does is sleep while she does whatever she does to him. He's sleeping. It's insane. She's not doing it while he's sleeping. I'm pretty sure he's not awake. He, she said he woke her up. Really? Yes. You believe that lie? I do. No. I think he. I think he had a point to prove. I do. No. No. He's not going to let her do anything to him while he's sleeping. That's not going to happen. There was a reason he was laying face down. Okay. Whatever. I don't think it was worth it. None of this is worth it. Break up for the love of God. Break up. And moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along into the next couple. Let's go back to um, Riley and Violet. It is not a secret. I can't stand Riley. Riley reminds me of uh, many a person with a control issue who feels they know everything. His statement about overstanding something just uh, drove me up a while. Riley has landed in Vietnam finally. He's been trying to travel to meet Violet in person for the first time. And he's finally in Vietnam. Before he even fully gets off the plane, he talks about how he and Riley, he and Riley, he and Violet have a bet on who will touch the other person first. So he's got to stay strong and not touch her first so so that he doesn't lose the bet. And apparently if you win the bet, you're now the boss of that other person for some reason. I don't understand these little games that they've got for each other. These, the type of games that they have are very weird and very petty. Like, I don't, I don't, it's not cutesy games like, oh, I owe you several kisses or whatever. Like, it's like, I won't tell you I love you. We flick each other off when we greet each other. Where's this page at? And I get full control of you. Like, I don't, I don't understand these games. Because he's a petty person. So, petty people do petty things. And they wonder why other people don't like them. It's very weird. I don't understand. So, anyway, he finally lands. Um, He sees Violet for the first time. Violet is gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Sure. You said sure. So, but then, okay. So, he he finally gets off the plane, meets her. She sees him. And it's like a happy reunion. They're both happy to see each other. They embrace. And then he starts petting her head. Like she's a little kid. And it kind of creeps me out. Why? For someone who says they like affection. I do. I do like physical affection. But there's something about the head petting that feels, especially when this is somebody who's like, I don't show physical affection. Maybe it's because he's so tall and big and she's so little. Maybe the size difference is a factor. It just felt like a My Precious moment. Like he turned into Gollum. Like a My Little Pony moment? No. He turned into Gollum and was like, precious. Like, this is my thing. No one else can touch my thing. This is this is everything. I did not see that at all. That's what. That's how I interpreted that. 
this like tiny petting and then his behavior afterwards kind of cemented that for me i just think he's just weird okay that's fine he doesn't know how to show affection without being weird because he's not used to doing it uh, uh. so he just pets her like a kid anyway and to remember he had somebody else Ghost literally him. change their whole identity to get away from him it's awkward and so then he like they're having their aside with the cameras and he's like yeah she's even better in person than she is over the phone he tells her she's got a great ass she says she jokes and says everything what? is great i'm sorry why do guys say creepy shit all the damn time? <laughs> you could have said, I just, she, you look great. You yeah. look amazing. Yeah. You didn't have to say you have a cute butt. Yeah. You didn't have he, to throw that Even in. if he said cute butt, that would have been okay. He said a great ass. No, I, you can leave that part out. He just said, say you look good. Because it, it's all creepy. Because yeah. it's I, all creepy. It's like walking up to a female. Like, you look nice today. You have sexy legs. You must be a ball player. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> you could have ended it with just "You look great today." That's it. We yeah. could have been good with that. Oh, hmm. you have nice arms. You must cr- cl- do rock climbing or something. What the? Said, my face please stop. There? Right. <laughs> yeah, we just away. sit here chilling. Riley and Violet head off to his uh, hotel to get him checked in. Uh, Violet has told Riley that she's not going to be staying with him at the hotel. Because in her culture, it's inappropriate for a woman who's not married to a man to spend the night with him. Quick quick thing. She's in an, a South Asian country. T- typically, they tend to be pretty conservative and highly religious. I'm going to put that out there. So, so she's not going to stay, but he still asks for two keys so that she can come and go while he's visiting her. I don't remember how long he's supposed to be seeing her. Do you remember? Who cares? Okay, well. So then he's like, we'll meet up for dinner. She gives him a time frame. She's like, all right, shower, change. In 40 minutes, let's meet at the restaurant on the roof. Sounds good. She changes. She comes back. And she's waiting a minute before he's finally up there. He's on, you know, code people time. So it's different. Then. Wow. Maybe he's just. It's true. Jet lagged. That's possible. Because he said it took him two days to get there. Sure. Okay. It's about a day. So, which which would... We'll get back to that, because I have more questions about that. So, anyway, he finally shows up. He's a little late. He finally shows up. And she makes a, a quip, saying, like, listen, in Vietnam, usually the guys are waiting on the girls. It's not the other way around. And he's like, she's so sassy. She has, she has such an attitude. <laughs> she's so blunt. <laughs> Dismisses everything. Pretty much. I'm like, okay. Then they start eating at the restaurant, and he whips out a present for her. He's like, I know I missed your birthday, but I got you a little something. And he opens up a pearl set. It's got necklace, earrings, bracelet. Baller type. And she's like, okay. At least, <laughs> at least 35 grand. I don't, at least 35. I don't think it's 35 grand. At least 35. I need you to look at prices of pearls, Calvin. And I need her to be more respectful and receiving gifts. I'd so, have taken it back from it was me. That's Riley's complaint. So he shows her all these pearls, and she's like, it's fine. and he's like a little taken aback that she's not you know enthusiastic about this present that he gave her and she's like when they have her aside violet's like pearls are common here (laughs) we farm them all the time how would i know that not into pearls how would i know that 
Vietnam is a farming pearl Google? country. Or you can ask me, what kind of jewelry do you like? Why should I ask you? Because I know you can say diamonds. Okay, then you at least you know not to spend your money on pearls. Wouldn't that save you money? Evidently, I can't afford, afford diamonds. That's why I spent my money on pearls. <laughs> well, then why are you getting me? A, why are you wasting your own money and getting me a present I don't want? That doesn't make sense. Because I like you. So you're gonna force. I love you. You're gonna force me to yes. accept a present. Yes. You didn't want to spend money. Just on. like you're gonna force me to do something I don't want to do. That doesn't make sense, Calvin. So it does. It doesn't. It's called relationship. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not relationship. relationship. But basically, her thing is like it's like it's a nice gesture, but I don't really like pearls like that. That's, and he's already affronted. He's like, ugh. Exactly. That's what relationships are. Force another person to do what they don't want to do. Please stop. If somebody thinks you're serious. Affirmation. So, oh my gosh. So then Riley's like, I know I would love us to have a conversation about you know some of the concerns I have regarding our relationship because he says this trip is all about transparency and clear communication which makes me wonder is he going to bring up the, the part where he was going to fully hire a pi is that going to be part of the conversation are these uh feelings that he's having by himself i feel like it is okay <laughs> so anyway I just want to make sure so he brings that up and the look on violet's face is like not tonight like <laughs> like it's just let's just that's eat. gonna be a real deep conversation how about we eat and enjoy, enjoy each other's company, company. <laughs> that's, that, that's another thing somebody brought up mm -hmm. that they just don't enjoy people's company anymore they want to get right to the so do you want to have kids well i mean but in riley and violet's case they've been talking apparently for like the last three four years so it's not like it's a brand new relationship then we should already know our trials and tribulations in the relationship i agree <laughs> So since we're seeing each other for the first time, let's enjoy each other's company. I agree. Anyway, so, but Violet's like, let's not talk about any bad things tonight. How about we just eat dinner and enjoy each other's company? And he goes, okay, which is like, I guess, a strike two for him. She didn't like the pearls. She didn't react appropriately. And, and now she won't answer his questions about whatever. this is why he doesn't get any love. Then, then he asked her what the plans are going to be for, his, for the following day. It's going to be his first full day there in Vietnam. <laughs> and she goes, well, I'm kind of busy with work. So if you want to meet up for dinner, if you want to see me for dinner, we can do something. And he's like, what do you mean if I want to see you? I came here to be with you. And then his aside is, I don't understand why she's not prioritizing me. I traveled all this way to see her, and I'm not even a priority for her to spend time with. Riley doesn't understand how confusing he is. <laughs> He acts on the phone like he doesn't want any attention. Okay. So she's treating him because she don't want to smother him and give him the, the space and attention that he space that he needs because uh -huh. she doesn't want to smother him. Uh -huh. Now all of a sudden he wants to be smothered uh -huh. and have all the attention. Uh -huh. Motherfucker, make up your mind. <laughs> Either you want the attention or you don't. Right. Hell or jail, which one you want? It is confusing how he's like, I'm not going to be the one who says I love you first. I kind of treat her like I could be without her, but I care about her so much. Now I'm here in Vietnam, and she's telling me she has to work. And two, I'm I still have to maintain my job. job. I live here. Live here. <laughs> I I don't have days to be taken off. To, Are you kidding me? So, and I already know you're not going to support me because that's the whole gripe you made already. Also, I'm in another country. So, I don't know how paid time off even works over here. Do you even get it? 
what like what I don't know what you think I'm capable of doing for you right now. Also, I probably don't know. I probably didn't know when exactly you were coming. If you're coming in the middle of a work week, I don't know why you thought I was going to be able to just take off. You and know, you, said you, you know, I'm a teacher. You said you don't want me to be around you and bother you all the time. So which one is it? <laughs> I thought you didn't want to be, me to be around you all the time. I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know what you want. Exactly. I don't know what you want me to do. Confusion. You bought me these cheap ass pearls that right? I can go fish for. I could. I have enough pearls necklace sets already. I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm near the water, so I could get this. <laughs> I have enough of that what? already. Have you do you, do you ever have you ever seen me in pearls? No. Thank you. That's Whatever. exactly what I was going to say. Have you ever stole, seen me in pearls? She should have no. said thank you for the gift, though. She did say thank you. No, she did. Yes, she, Calvin, please. She looked at him like, ugh. She said thank you, and she smiled, ugh. but he wanted her to be, like, overjoyed. No, she went, ugh, strike two. She, she should have said strike two. But anyway. She said, you get new Panani tonight. It was just That's the exactly lamest. That's she said. So it's just, yeah, it ends up with that, with Riley just being like, the trip's already off to a bad start. She didn't like the pearls. She's not making me a priority. I wanted to talk about all of the things I have a problem with with her immediately. And she didn't want to do that either. It's like, that's a lot worst. for the first day. You the worst, Riley. That's, <laughs> the, that's a lot for the first day. You want to tell me how horrible a person I am on the first day we meet for the first time? Gravy. That's a lot. And this is why I prioritize my work while you're here too uh, but also like if then break up you keep threatening how like if this is not going to work for you or whatever whatever blah 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 why are you still in it then don't be in it i think the be reason out. she still has she didn't take time off from work she knows she's going to need a break yes from him yes so that was a smart she also move still for has her daughters she's a single mom she still has her daughters as well. Oh, she got daughters? Yes, remember oh, she yeah. got two. Yeah, Riley need to play this close to the best. She got two kids also, so I don't know what well, what his expectation you know is. What? I agree with Riley now. I understand what he's doing. Oh, gosh. You got to make sure. You're taking a lot of responsibility. A lot. Okay. Because he got to take her kids with her too, right? To America, right? I don't know. Because I don't know the father would let that happen. They're still underage. So I don't know that the father would let his kids just moved to america How he's gonna stop it she's in vietnam it's a patriarchal society they have a lot more power so if she ups and leaves with him with the kids if she ups and what leaves, are you gonna do if he's she, gonna come to america and come get the kids he could or is he, he or he could block the kids from leaving okay sure okay it's not america this is vietnam as much ships that leave from there Riley's not on a ship. He's he's traveling regular day. Well, if he wants his woman, he's gonna have to figure it out. I don't think he wants. I don't think he wants his woman. <laughs> so that's that's the other thing. Who knows with what's going on with that? I want to jump to Cleo and um. Call Christian. me now for your free reading. Okay, so we find, we get introduced to a new couple, Christian and Cleo. Christian is known as Starry-eyed Christian. Uh, he seems to be impulsive as hell. He considers himself the life of the party. Mm. He was previously married and it got annulled shortly after. So he's. And it was with somebody he didn't really know that long. He just decided to get married to this person and then it ended up getting it annulled. Uh, he states that for himself, he knows that he has infatuations with women and then he gets bored. Like he kind of he kind of stops liking them like that and then moves on to the next one. That's oh, not great. Oh, God. I just realized something. Huh. 
I want that VCs Cleo that way. Probably. So, and this then we sucks. he met Cleo online. Cleo's actually in the UK, and Christian's in in America. He's in Mon. I want to say Montana, South Dakota. He's Ooh. in somewhere over there. Who cares? And um, Cleo is autistic and explains how she navigates her life. She navigated her life as an undiagnosed autistic person for a very, very long time. And it was not an easy navigation. She's had to deal with bullying, uh, identity issues, the whole nine. She's also a trans woman on top of it. But she's figured out how to live her life as authentically as possible. And it's made her very, really happy. Um, However, now she's, you know, broaching this relationship with Christian who doesn't have any experience with either of those things, autism or having ever dated a trans person. But he's ready for the challenge. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. So Cleo. Giggity, giggity, giggity. <laughs> I'm feeling bad for Cleo. Anyway, so Cleo's excited to see Christian. He's supposed to come out to the UK to meet her. Um, she wonders if he's up for the challenge of being with her, you know, with being a trans person, with her autism, like, you know, what his expectations are going to be. So she has a lot going on. She does. It's a lot. It's, does. it's too much. I don't think it's too much. I think it's too much for Christian. She likes that Christian is extroverted while she's introverted. I feel like that's a dangerous uh, little we'll tight see. rope to walk. So. There's a part in there where Christian is talking with his friends and they immediately start asking really inappropriate questions about Cleo's genitalia. Like, like immediately. I would do a instant replay of them, but <laughs> it would look bad on me. Oh, God. The point is, they start asking him about his relationship. Not even his relationship with Cleo. They ask him how he's going to navigate the physical aspects of being in a relationship with Cleo. And to Christian's credit, he's like, I am uncomfortable talking about all of this. You know, like it's Cleo's not here to speak up for herself. I don't ask you guys about your girlfriend's genitals. I don't know. I don't understand why I need to have this conversation with y'all. But then one of his friends who happens to be a, a woman asks him, essentially, is he in this for the right reasons? Has he really thought about the full scope of being with a trans person? And the answer pretty much is no. He hasn't. He hasn't. He's like, I'll. He's basically. He's like, I'll cross those bridges when I get there. I'll cross that bridge when I get there, Amy. But, but his, Josh and Rob, shut your mouth. His friend, his girl, the girl who's a friend, is like, I think this is him ex- being exploratory. I don't know how fair that is to Cleo, and I can't help but agree with her. Amy doesn't know me. Is her okay. name Amy? Amy wants me. She's mad because I don't want her. Isn't she, it looked like she was wearing an engagement ring? No. She cosplays being engaged. That's Sometimes what she does. I did. I cosplayed being engaged so, for a little bit. So screw you, Amy. But it's interesting. And then we also have a moment where Cleo is talking to her friend, and she's voicing the same concerns. Like, what is this going to look like? I don't think he knows what it's going to look like, or what what hate he might have to face for dating a trans person. And that's where we leave it. I don't, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when they finally meet. That's all we got to say about that. Apparently so. Uh, who else am I missing? Oh, you want to talk about Misha and, and Nicola? I'm going to save my favorite couple for the end. My Misha and Nicola have finally met in person. Misha finally traveled to Israel to meet Nicola in person. Um, she really gives me almond mom, yes, I'll be the leader of your cult personality. She is the first mother-sister wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but she's super excited to meet Nicola. And when she gets off that plane, Nicola's like, it's happening. It's here. Nicola had been debating whether or not he was going to get this kiss from her because it's been 16 years. He's a devout Catholic. He didn't want to do anything untowards in his religion. Before you kissed her, he prayed. He said, Heavenly Father, let this kiss be great. Probably. Let it soothe my soul and bless my heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's Maybe. kiss. Maybe. So, but he does. He ends up kissing her. And it's a cute little meet cute. They're excited to see each other. They're hugging. They're so excited. They get in the car and immediately pray. Father God, bless us to get to where we're going. Safe and sound. Thank you for letting her get here safe. Amen. Please stop playing like that. Anyway, um, Nicola does. That's how I felt watching that whole, their whole thing. I'm just saying, between the two of us, you're you're supposed to be the good one. I'm uncomfortable. Interesting. Anyway, so Nicola is also worried about how his mother is going to handle Misha because he's told her zero things about the fact that he has this online girlfriend. She's deaf, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so he's like, Ugh, I'm going to try to try to not have to deal with this for as long as possible because Misha has a, a hotel that she's staying at anyway. They're staying in a hotel in Nazareth. Yeah, they're staying in a hotel I in Nazareth. I don't know if I'll be comfortable doing anything in a place called Nazareth. Well, that's why they got two different beds. They're also, not, they're not planning to do anything. They're devout Catholic. I'm just saying. They're devout Catholics. They're not planning on doing anything. I was it's, interested it's to see all of the wine that was getting drunk, but anyway. Yeah, it's Nazareth. Okay. I wouldn't be comfortable doing anything. Yeah, they aren't doing anything. Wrong. They they check in Misha into her uh, her hotel, so say apartment. Her hotel, they get two separate beds. Okay. Because they're... And she has already put all her clothes she she does unpack room. and it's a lot of things on the floor and on the on the side. I think she's moving there and she's not telling anybody. She brought huge suitcases with her. And those were just the ones we saw. She said there's more. So you know? She she likes an outfit change. She wants to be ready for all things. And she's also gonna be there for a minute. I think he said eight or nine days. She's trying to wait, she got outfits to meet Jesus or something? I don't what, what's, okay. what's the point? From my perspective, you have the outfit the outfits you're gonna be sleeping in. Okay, there's that. Then you have the outfit. Who needs 40 outfits to sleep in? She didn't have 40 outfits to sleep in. I'm pretty sure she does. Well, she might have several outfits for the day. So you might have something that you're going to wear in the morning. And then if you have to change midday because you're going somewhere else and you need something fresh to wear, she has that outfit. And then if she's going to go out, you know, like to dinner or somewhere else, that's like a, a slightly higher kind of sophisticated event. Then she needs an outfit for that, too. I can see why she packed what she packed, especially if she's going to be there eight or nine days. Nicola. Nicola. Nicola doesn't strike me as a person that knows the nightlife. Maybe he does. Or the day life. Maybe he does. Or any life outside. Or maybe she has some plans, maybe. Other than fishing. Maybe she has some plans. Sure. Clearly in her world, that part, those are parts of her, her routine, clearly. Clearly, Nicola was not ready for it. He wasn't. He got really upset. <laughs> he was like, what are you doing? Why does it look like Misha, a market in here? all of this stuff, Misha? And then he says, well, you know, she's like Celine Dion. And I was she's like, like I, don't, Celine Dion. I don't understand that correlation. How is that? How is she like that? But Misha lets her, lets her concerns be known that she's like, I wonder how we're going to navigate this affection thing. She's a very touchy-feely gal. She likes physical affection. And Nicola is not as versed in that. You know, he infamously has stated that it took him 16 years to touch another another woman 
So. It was 16 years before I touched my first woman. Misha's concern is that he associates physical affection with sex. And it doesn't have to lead to sex. It can just be, you know, physical affection because you enjoy that person. And she's wondering how they're going to navigate that. Um, also, she talks about the whole marriage thing. How, like, they're waiting on the annulment to come through. And she talks about, like, some of what her expectations would be in a marriage. And Nicola isn't very reactive to a lot of what she says. So so he's like, you don't want to get married to me now? Is that what's, is that what's happening? And she's like, no, not necessarily that. But, you know, it's stuff for us to talk about. And most of it, again, is like physical affection type things. Like, how is that going to work? And Misha says that it's now really registering with her that Nicola is a 46-year-old virgin. So, but it ends with that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think the trailer for the new episode coming up is her asking Nicola when she's going to be introduced to his family. And I'm pretty sure the answer is no. When Jesus comes back, then you will meet my mom. Basically. Okay. Then my favorite couple of all time, Razvan and Amanda. Let me tell you why they're my favorite couple. I like this because I feel like I'm sorry. The dynamics that we usually see with a ninety day fiance is like the guy is kind of withholding and the girl is, is doing everything. But with Razvan and Amanda, it is opposites. Razvan wants to be the first Budapest Romanian country singer. Yeah. And I would listen to that album. I'm going to look up his music video. He's got one out. I wish you would. I am. As long as you don't put it on the TV. Razvan and Amanda is hysterical. So Razvan. No, Amanda is hysterical. Razvan is a self-proclaimed pancake man. He says that uh, he loves making pancakes and he actually uses it in a lot of his online stuff. And in case you forgot, his online stuff is thirst trapping professionally. He's out there live streaming. Posting flirty videos to get that coin. Today we made and he's Razman successful. pancakes. There's a whole clip of him rubbing chocolate all over him. He's shirtless, naturally. Rubbing chocolate all over him while he's making pancakes. It is hilarious. She likes the chocolate pancakes? It's hilarious. You like the chocolate pancakes? So, Razman points out that he wants to have a deeper conversation with Amanda. They had that fight the previous night, which was the fight at the restaurant, where Razman had the audacity to be vulnerable and tell Amanda that he's ready for the next steps and for him to meet her kids. And she was like, you are moving too fast. You don't need to come to America and meet my kids, even though she has flown to Romania. Anyway, anyway, it's very bizarre. So Razvan asserts that he loves her and just wants to be with her in whatever way that makes her comfortable. And Amanda's like, "Uh uh-huh, she's the worst. She's the absolute worst. Then they go food shopping. And I don't know why. Because she doesn't eat, apparently. Apparently, she doesn't eat any regular food or (laughs) anything that could be found in a grocery store. She eats nothing. She's living off diamonds and pearls, (laughs) I guess. I don't know what the hell she eats. She eats thoughts and dreams. Yes. He goes, this? She goes, no. You don't know what I eat? He goes, uh. He goes, no. uh, (laughs) Apparently, you don't eat anything. He's like, we can have pizza. She goes, I don't eat dairy. You can have a non-dairy pizza. That's, That's something you could do. You can have a non-dairy pizza. That's possible. But she just goes, no, I don't eat dairy. Then, then he, he says, do you eat fist? He was like, like me to you, put my he, fist in your face? He points to tuna. He's like, do you want to try tuna? She's like, I don't eat. I don't eat tuna. I don't eat packaged foods. What? Huh? 
okay. Now he's apparently it's non-GMO products. He picks up like a thing of waffles. He's like, how about waffles? And she's like, no, it's in a bag. Absolutely not. Then, and then he's like, he's like, she's a picky eater. She goes, I'm not a picky eater. I told him what I eat. And I'm like, what do you eat? Algae? What do you eat then? What is, what's left? Is what's it made left? on this planet? <laughs> what do you eat? Is it made on this planet? He I need points to, know. to a can of tomato sauce. And she goes, okay, that's fine. I'm like, okay. So you only eat tomatoes? Okay. But it's like, she's telling him no to all these things. I don't understand why she just, just doesn't say, how about this? Like, why, why don't, how about this? How about or is this the editing? Do you think eventually she was like, how about this suggested something? And they just didn't show it? Hopefully they just, this is just for ratings. It is. And it's, it's another instance of Amanda being really difficult and petty. Well, it seems to me she was told what she likes to eat. And told this is what we're getting. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm confused. I'm confused. Half the time she gives me baby girl princess like someone took care of her someone made those decisions Come and she kind of went Come along with girl. it other times she gives me spoiled brat where like she made a lot of demands and that person just went with it so i don't know seems like she wants to be spoiled brat now i don't she know. Didn't get all that whatever she wanted of the last one i don't know it's Who cares? so confusing she just... she has an aside where she's like i've told razvan several times what it is that i eat Maybe one day he'll listen and remember. And I'm like, you're not a book. He's not going to memorize and you. And Razvan goes, what she told me is not made in, on the planet of the Earth. But so I don't know how to do it. My other thing is you're here in person. It's a slightly different context. So I can see why he's like, us together can figure out what we're going to eat. And But instead, you're just like, no, no, <laughs> no. So I don't understand. What was those uh, aliens called on that uh, Disney show we was watching? With, uh, Samuel Jackson. With Samuel Jackson, scrolls. Is she a scroll? Maybe she might be a scroll. Maybe. Anyway, so then um, Razvan and Amanda head to a park, and I'm not gonna lie, the noise is really loud. Whatever these animals are, there's a lot of them. It's a lot of noises. Amanda thinks maybe they're vampire bats. It's called nature. They're in nature. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's called nature. When you're in nature, you said animals nature. exist. Nature exists. Yeah, that's what it's called. That's why I'm like, I don't understand why she's freaking out. She is, though. It's like he, it like he was taking her through some type of... Uh, Wooded area? Nature. Like a path? Path or something. Uh-huh. So I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. You say, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> animals live here. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> they make noises. <laughs> so, Razan's taking her on this little trip in the park to talk to her about his latest project, which is making a music video. I um, want you to be in my uh, video, man. He does. He offers to have her be in the video because apparently this is a, whatever this music video is about, it's going to feature a girlfriend of some sort that he might have to kiss. Amanda immediately rejects the idea. She's like, no, I'm not an actress. I'm not going to be in your video. Razvan goes, okay. That means I'm going to have to hire somebody to be the girlfriend. And she gets upset. So you're going to hire somebody to make out with you? Well, uh, actually, if you want to do it, but you said no. I'm very confused. The song is called downhearted love amanda then has an aside where she goes razvan has given me plenty of reasons to to basically assume that he's going to cheat because he does what he does on the live streams she's seen him flirt with other women she's she's mind you that's how she met him him. anyway apparently the rules are no flirting with other women no kissing other women even if it's for work 
she feels that his um his thirst trap of a job is what's validating setting these standards in the first place for Razvan. Here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. I don't think she ever listened to him on what his future ambitions are. I think she did and dismissed it. (laughs) No, I don't think she paid attention. Well, yeah, you're right. She dismissed him. Uh huh. Because she said, "There's no way it's going to happen." Right. (laughs) Right. She's already said that in her head. Right. No way it's going to happen. Which okay, which also makes me ask a gazillion more questions. She doesn't believe in his dreams. If she doesn't think his dreams are going to take off. And she doesn't like what he does right now. Where does she think this relationship is going to go? What is the ultimate goal then? If he can't do what he's doing, which he's, he's successful at. And she, and she doesn't want him to come to America. Where is this relationship going to go? What are we doing? Who knows? And it's interesting. For two people who love each other, I'm confused. Then Razvan gets a call. He gets a call from his video guy in front of Amanda. And he has a whole conversation in Romanian about how, you know, he's excited for the project. He can't wait to get it started. The video guy asks him if, you know, Amanda's the jealous type because they're gonna, there's going to be a girl featured in this video, all of that stuff. And he's like, yeah, Amanda is a jealous type. <laughs> but this will be like a test of sorts to see how much she can handle. Amanda gets upset because he's having this whole conversation in Romanian in front of her and she's heard her name. I, I'm I'm confused again because they're in Romania. So one, two, even if you did hear your name pop up a couple of times here or there, in the context of what you were just talking about, what do you think he was telling this guy? He hated your face? I'm confused. Then after Razvan explains that, oh, I was just talking about how, you know, you, you're the jealous type and I'm doing this video and I might have to hire a girl. She goes, I'm not jealous that you might have to work with a girl on the music video. I'm jealous you might have to kiss somebody. And it's like, ah, rewind, please. Rewind the tape. Because clearly you don't want him to work with anybody. You set up all of these rules about how he can't really interact with another female because it makes you uncomfortable. So what do you, what are you talking about right now? But she's like, no, I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem with you trying to kiss somebody else in front of me. Okay. Then Razvan shares that he's had to deal with this before. He had He had been married previously. And his wife at that time couldn't get over what he did for work. He was insanely jealous about who he had to work with, what he had to do. And he doesn't want to have to repeat that again, but that he's in love with Amanda. But he wonders if they're going to go down the same road. Yes. (laughs) I am confused. Further confused. I don't understand. Like, between Amanda's history of really not being with a whole lot of people then amanda meeting razvan online on his thirst trap channel and then in addition to that her making the trip to romania to see him and be in person when she clearly doesn't feel ready to explore any of that what are we doing here why are we here amanda needs to go sit her behind down somewhere and grieve the loss of her husband Uh. and then move on that's what she needs to do. I think she I think I think she needs to fully process her grief around her husband, but I also feel like she doesn't really have a full understanding of her own identity for her to be this jealous over everything else that's she going on. She needs to go sit her behind down and figure it out. I am confusion because I don't I don't know. 
what she's expecting out of this relationship. If A, she doesn't want to grow with him and have him meet her kids and have him come out to the States. And, and, the, and the fact that he can get his own travel visa. Again, by 90-day standards, that's already leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of these couples who struggle to just get that. A lot of them can't even get the tourist visa. They have to go straight to a K-1 visa because they're from a country that America won't do the tourist thing with. So confused. So the fact that he was already did all of the work to do that and he's just waiting on the visa to be ready, I don't understand what she wants out of this relationship if it's not to move forward. What are we doing? Yes, she doesn't know. <laughs> and that's really it. Those are all the couples for 90 Day Fiance. Uh, it's it's still a mess of a show, which makes it so entertaining. I'm interested to see where we're going to go with any of this right now out of all of these couples. My money is on Misha and Nicola and David and Sheila to make it. Nobody's making it. Oh, you think zero people will? No. I'm sorry. Uh, Bert and uh, what's-her-face will make it. Oh, you think they're going to continue their chases? Yes. Oh. Um, what's her name again? Jasmine. Jasmine's not going to let it go. And Gino's not going to let it go. Do you so think Jasmine's ever going to make it to the States? Eventually. She'll be like 55, but <laughs> she'll eventually get here <laughs> at some take point. another 20 years. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm so confused. That that whole thing also confuses me. Gino had a whole aside where he's like, I've been working since 1993. You know, I have a little pot of money that's been growing, and I'm looking forward to retirement. And I'm like, then why are you marrying somebody who's like a good 20 to 30 years younger than you? Poor people shouldn't be thinking about prenups. <laughs> Period. We can end it on that. If you're ready to settle down and retire, why did you seek out and get with someone who's not about that life at all? Why? 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 And why are you acting like this is new information? That was the other thing that tripped me up. She didn't need all this before. Yes, yeah, she did. We watched you. We watched you guys. Yes, she did. I've noticed all those injections and lip injections and boob jobs and booty jobs she's had done. You were spending money on her before now. I'm confused about what you want. Although for the preview for next week, I don't know how much I agree with Jasmine going so deep into her relationship troubles with her 16-year-old sister. I don't know about that part. <laughs> like full gasp crying in public with her 16-year-old <laughs> If you're looking for relationship advice from your 16-year-old sister, I don't know. If that's the best plan. Whatever. <laughs> and that's it. Do you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that D-A-T podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. That is the theme music for American Gladiators. Yes, we watched the Netflix documentary Muscles and Mayhem, an unauthorized story of American Gladiators. (laughs) And it was sad as hell. Oh, my God. What in the world? It really wasn't that sad. Yes, it was. Cool. It was so sad. Yeah, everything's sad to her. She's very, very 
I'm just saying, as a little kid watching American Gladiators, of course, you didn't really have a whole idea. I thought you didn't watch American Gladiators. I, I didn't watch the other show that you loved with a, a vengeance, the martial arts one. Uh, w, WMC, w, WM, WMAC Masters. That one. I'm only, God, I say that five times I'm fast. only familiar with it, but you know the full storylines. You know the characters. That's the one I didn't really know. I watched okay. American Gladiators here and there. Because so, I know who Turbo is. I know no. who Ice was I watched, and Blaze. I watched American Gladiators every Sunday before church. Okay. Every Sunday before church. The point was, if you were a kid in the 90s, more than likely you watched this show. It was a bunch of bodybuilders, men and women, out there tackling and throwing regular-ass contenders to the ground. And it was high-value fun. So fun. Roid it up. Rage is amazing. <laughs> It was fun. So, it was based around that show. So, this is an unauthorized story, which is, I think, the way they got around NDAs, because they kept dropping the word in perpetuity throughout that. And in case you don't know, in perpetuity means forever, beyond your life. So, And to a lot of other gladiators didn't participate. That's true. That is also true. So, apparently, American Gladiators started out as a concept show. Um, they introduced a character named Johnny Farrow who Ferrero who came up with the like basic foundation idea of an American gladiator show. Basically he wanted a show where he could kind of like see his dreams of like Roman and Greek battles to the death. Thus the word gladiator. But on live TV for entertainment. And somebody was like, yeah, let's do that. We'll do that. They hired a fight choreograph. Choreographer? There we go. That's how I said a word. Yes. Hired a fight choreographer. Held trials at a random behind park. If you know, he used to be like the... He was on Renegade. Renegade. Mm -hmm. He was the, I want to say Asian. Or they made him uh, indigenous. American. Yes. He's actually, I think he's, I'm going to have to double check it, but I think he actually is indigenous. Yes. I want to say Hawaiian. I know he lives in Hawaii right now, but I don't know if he's actually in Hawaii. But he was the fight choreographer because he actually has experience in that. Um, like I said, they had they held tryouts at a random behind park. Uh, there were zero safety protocols. Wasn't it in Balboa? They, they said it was Balboa Park in L.A. I'm going to have to look that up because the only Balboa Park I know is in San Diego. It's where all the crazy people hang out. And a beautiful botanical garden is. So... Out of that insane mess of an audition start, they did find Gemini. They This guy named Michael Horton was discovered through that audition. Was Lace discovered through that audition? No. I don't know. I don't remember. Great. So. You're welcome. At, at the end of all of that, after their many tries of getting other people, they did select six gladiators to throw a pilot together. One of them was Gemini. One of them was Lace. Lace. Those two people be, go on to be gladiators later down the road as well. So they filmed the pilot at an equestrian center. Uh, apparently it was freaking terrible. Again, no safety protocols. Everything smelled like horse poop. Was this in L.A. or San Diego? L.A. Okay. All right. Um, they had to come up with some kind of games. <laughs> so the executives for this show came up with games and they were hot trash. Hot trash Not games. Not that they were hot trash. They were just poorly thought out. They were hot. One of the games, Calvin, was getting foam pieces while somebody jumped on a trampoline. 
That was it. And if you notice, the only people that were going to that are going to be the obstacle, meaning the challenger and jumping on that trampoline, were women. You don't think that was weird? You didn't think that was strange? Not at all. Interesting. Sound like they had a low budget. It's. I just want to remind everybody: this is uh, late '80s, early '90s. Misogyny is thick at this time, and they kept harping on you how they just needed. Don't like to see women be shown as strong people. That's what was happening. Yes, they weren't being objectified. No. They didn't fire several ladies because they needed a lady who looked good for men. That didn't happen. That's not what I heard. That's exactly what happened. That's not what they said. That's exactly what Gemini said. We need a woman who's going to appeal to men. Gemini's on roids. His mind is all messed up. Anyway, Calvin likes to be gleefully unaware of so many things. So uh, these games that these executives. That's how I make it happily through life. These games these executives came up with was that was one the trampoline bit where you had to pick up phone pieces and you have somebody jumping on this trampoline i guess to like knock who, the pieces out who was the one when they had to try to push the dude into the uh he stick to the wall like stick him? velcro velcro some one of the <laughs> one of the producers saw what did he say a david letterman show where david letterman if you if you watch that scene they show david letterman doing the bit where he jumps on a little mini trampoline and, sticks and to the slowly wall. sticks to this wall he's not jumping hard at a high pace, he's gently jumping to this wall they to got, try to stick. They got that from like a Japanese show. Yeah. But so. still, they did it poorly because when they try to put it in their game show where they were going to have the gladiators throw people to the wall to stick. To score points. Nothing worked because they don't understand physics. They didn't give these people places to jump off of. They're just dangling in the air. Well, he admitted he didn't understand phys- <laughs> physics at the time. So <laughs> don't was... hold it over his head. He said he didn't. Terrible. Oh, and back to the trampoline game. Not only did you have to jump on this trampoline, but the gladiator was supposed to be able to pull this like pulley that would knock the person trying to get those foam pieces out and away. But because everything was on a pulley and they don't understand physics, when she would pull all of her weight down on this pulley, it would jerk the person trying to get those pieces away. But there's still a reactive reaction to that where she's going to swing back. And these poor people were swinging so hard into the hard side of the trampoline nonstop. If, I, if you don't know, they had no medical staff. No medical staff, no safety protocols. Whatsoever. Broken pelvises everywhere. The first uh, promo, everybody got hurt. Everybody got hurt. It is terrible. It was just causing all these injuries. Um, they also make they always make, also make it a point to show that Jari, Johnny Ferrero, the guy who came up with this idea, was just a nuisance the entire time and not helpful. He's showing up in Elvis costumes. He's jumping on the trampoline. He used to be an Elvis impersonator. That's why. I still don't know why he was so heavily in uh-huh. this. It was so crazy. Uh-huh. So the, after they did all of that, they said the pilot was supposed to take them in like an hour. It took them three hours. And then even after that, they were like, we don't have any faith in this pilot. We got to cut it down. <laughs> it kept, took them three hours because people kept getting hurt. <laughs> yes. Non-stop. Everybody kept getting hurt. Injuries. So after all of that, they still didn't have faith in the pilot. And they were like, we're just going to kind of shied this turd basically they cut it down they cut down the footage they added uh other imagery to try to like spruce it up a little bit quick shots basic graphics and it was enough for samuel goldwyn of the that studio name to be like okay i'll try to sell this for you they end up going to the napti convention which apparently is this big convention i don't know if it's still held but back in the day it was a huge way to get your pilot sold to studios they go to the convention uh, where everybody's meeting to try to get their stuff sold. They find out they've got competition in a show called Rock and Roller Games. 
they show a clip at the beginning for that rock and roller games. It's a dude in a terrible ponytail, hard singing into a. Well, we're gonna rock this house tonight. Yeah, hard we're gonna sing. rock this house tonight. Rock and roll blade, rock this house tonight. Yeah, that's not the song. But screaming into this mic about the roller derby, they've it's got shots of, of just like that. the women's roller derby going on, and they're like, "There's no way they're going to." pick up the gladiators because the roller derby show is clearly going to take off well actually i watched those too those were pretty exciting to watch on tv too okay uh so while they're in this this convention they see that show the execs are like our opportunity slipping out of our hands we got to think of something so they're like let's do a parade they hire a guy to, to play bongo drums and they get all their gladiators together and they just walk booth to booth to booth to try to promote the show Technically, they're not supposed to do that. So apparently security for that convention was like trying to stop them. But, <laughs> but who, they're ginormous. But so. who's going to stop these ginormous people right. on the roids from <laughs> right. doing what they want to do? So they, they continue, they were, it, it turned out to be a hit. So them taking that path worked out for them because people got interested and now they wanted to find out more. The pilot gets sold. They get 13 episodes ordered. Then they decided, you know what the problem was with our pilot? The cast. Not us as the people. The cast. So they fire almost all of those gladiators and instead and just keep on Gemini and Lace and start looking for new bodybuilder types because they feel like that's what we need to do. We need to look for larger than life people and sexy athletes for this show to do well. Not that we don't know what the heck we're doing. We need to find people who look good. It's also the late 80s, early 90s. Baywatch was huge. Just going to put that out there. The Hasselhoff was everywhere. So they uh, also wanted to choose casting names or character names basically uh that were directly reflective of the personalities they thought that these people casted people could sell essentially so they and then you see them go like taking off what they wanted to be included in the show they wanted uh he said a female gladiator but he wanted like a very girly femme gladiator they wanted a tomboy gladiator they wanted the nice guy they wanted a high energy one yada 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 Apparently, these execs are kind of leaning on Gemini, asking him uh, for his experience or his expertise on who to choose, like who would be a good athlete, but that also looked the way they wanted them to look. And Gemini discovers Nitro, and we get introduced to Nitro. Nitro! Nitro was one of the biggest faces of American Gladiators. Yes, he was. So, Nitro, a little mini backstory, is that he had been struggling in the entertainment industry. He'd been trying to do modeling, trying to get into acting. Uh, but he had been told more than once that his ambiguous look, because he's half Asian, half white, wouldn't sell. Because this is, again, late 80s, early 90s. They really loved the box. They loved the category. And if they couldn't fit you into that category, they were like, mm, we can't do anything with you. So You serve no purpose. He also had a baby on the way. So he was like, you know, feeling away. He was like, I got to figure out how to make money while I'm still trying to live this dream of mine. How He came across an ad for a tryout for American Gladiators. And he went to the audition. They drew a chalk line down like a parking lot road where they had these very much smaller men come charging at Nitro. And he said, kill him. He didn't, he didn't say kill him, but he said he was trying to make an impression. So when the guy came towards him and he was supposed to stop him, he grabbed this small man, flipped him, knocked him to the ground knocked this dude unconscious and then he was like oh no i think i went too far but apparently whoever this guy was that was doing the casting came up whispered in his ear you got the job good job 
Then he licked his ear a little Basically. Gently. Kissed him. Like the whole. It was very intimate. So. Told him. This but, also but comes Nitro, something else. Nitro comes on board. He becomes like the cocky, arrogant one for the show. Because he had nothing else to do with his life. They made Lace the one for the male gaze. They made her the hot one, supposedly. Uh, somebody named Sunny jo- also joins the cast. She's also, she has like a bodybuilder aesthetic, but she comes from the cycling world. She was a big cyclist. Uh, and then Zap, the original Zap, also joins at the time. I don't remember Sunny too much. It was the first, I don't even, I don't remember none of those first 13 episodes. I'm not going to lie. So, um, so the original Zap kind of got into it because she was kind of picked up for film and TV as a, what was it? Stunt coordinator or something? Yes. Stunt woman. She's a stunt woman. Um, but she fit an aesthetic for like athletic builds. She ended up being like in shows a lot. Then, um... Oh, also, the guy who created American Gladiators had a full poster of her in his garage. So, he was really into Zap. So, then, we also get Malibu, who's this... They gave him a surfer dude look, so he took on, like, a surfer dude. Oh, <laughs> dude, yeah. Except he's never awesome he's never dude. surfed in his life, <laughs> we find out. But he's also a big dude. He's got the full bodybuilder aesthetic. He's got long hair. Uh, and he just sticks to that whole thing. He actually comes from a racquetball background, which is hilarious. So um, he has no physical athletic ability well, at he, all. He has athletic ability, but r- racquetball is not a contact sport. That's what I'm saying. Physical athletic ability is a difference. You you can be in a sport that doesn't, like, so you're saying uh, Serena Williams doesn't have any physical athletic ability because she's not in a contact sport? Sure. Alan. Anyway, do you even know what racquetball is? It's a thing where you just hit a ball with a racket. It's got the birdie. Anyway. Further, let's, he's not, okay. It's not a contact sport. So, yes, he was definitely not prepared for the contact that was going to be happening. But to his credit, nobody was prepared for the contact. Anyway, so then the, the show gets the green light to film at Universal Studios in L.A. And most of the cast is super excited. They all quit their day jobs because they're like, we're making it. We're made it. We're going to be huge stars. Little did they know that was the worst idea they could ever make. As they start to film these first 13 episodes, it becomes very, very clear. No one knows what they're fucking doing at all in any way. There's no safety protocols in place. These games that they've come up with are dangerous as hell. Like, it's just, it's so So bad. So there are challengers and gladiators just dropping like flies. Like, like day after day. They're trying to film these back to back to get it ready for the first season. And people are just breaking bones. Getting knocked unconscious, getting ribs broken. It's not good. It's terrible. Nonstop, every day, all day. Also, the way they decided to film it. So, if they had one event, they just filmed all 13 versions of that event to just go through across all of the episodes for the first 13 episodes. So, they were doing this back to back to back to back all day. And then moving to the next event and doing that event for the whole day. Nonstop. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, anyway. So, besides the games not being safe and everybody just sustaining injuries left and right, the execs voice that they were worried about the liabilities of it all. They say that, like, yes, we were worried about the cast, but we were also worried about the liabilities. Like, it's very clear they could have cared less about this cast getting hurt. Um, I don't, did they, apparently they made everybody sign waivers. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a assuming. I'm because a, there's no way people were getting hurt like that. I think they did that suing. later. 
I think they did that so later. So why wasn't anybody suing? Because they wanted to be on this show called The Power Dynamic. Sure. So anyway, so because otherwise, why would they be worried about the liabilities? If they had my, if they already had waivers signed, they wouldn't have worried about these liabilities. Anyway, clearly, like the moral and ethics of what they were doing was not something they were weighing at all. They're just like, eh, eh. What's, how do we, we get, the show, to get the show off the ground? Yeah. Period. So the first half, those first thirteen episodes, hot mess, but they get them done. Then they needed they they took a break. And they still have the back half of the season, like I guess another 13 episodes to film. And they're like, all right. So what we're going to do is see if we can fine tune this show a little bit more. Because clearly us, us trying to do this is not working well. Also, you have the gladiators that feel that the execs who are in charge don't care about them because they don't, essentially. They hire a company called TWI, a production company, to come help fine tune the show. And TWI comes up with better games. And the games are attention-getting because the execs want these games to basically stop channel flippers. Because back in the day, that's how you watch TV. You flip through the channels to see what was on and what didn't have a commercial. They wanted those people to catch whatever event was going on, stop, and then watch the full show. So TWI comes up with the events like The Joust where they have this bridge set up where they walk across it and try to knock the other person off. They've got human cannonball, which is <laughs> cannonball, which is when you swing from a ledge on a rope, come down and try to knock off the gladiator that's standing on a pedestal. You've got breakthrough. You've got and conquer. No, you've got assault. Assault is where they've got four safety areas. It's if you remember the old show, it becomes something else later. But basically, you had like this little air gun and no. you could hide behind different they, objects they, to try to shoot at the gladiator. They kept the name Assault. They, oh, they kept that name. Yeah. Okay. The they, breakthrough. They, they just fixed how it, how the course was because it yeah. looked terrible. Yeah, that's all they did. Then breakthrough had, is uh when you start, when you run into football like 10 yards, you got to score a touchdown. Right. And then there's the second part of it is uh, a little circle. Uh, Matt, where you gotta pull a uh, gladiator out of the circle, Matt. What's that called? They didn't, they just call it both combined was breakthrough, but later on they call it breakthrough and conquer. Oh, okay. So the breakthrough was getting past the first gladiator running a the football. Mm-hmm. Then the second half was trying to wrestle that gladiator out of a circle and pull him out the circle. Okay. Then the eliminator was the 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 main last course that. The challengers actually battle each other on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had gladiators in there at that time doing stuff, mm-hmm. but they kind of like develop it over the years or the or the episode or the seasons where they started adding gladiators into the eliminator. Mm-hmm. And the last up, then another game they had was Powerball. Pretty much, you run at two gladiators and try to put as much many balls in containers as you can. Pretty much so all what was the Eliminator? Games. The Eliminator was the final game where uh, the challengers went against each other and whoever crossed the finish line first won. That's interesting. So yeah, they came up with those games and it took off. All right. So in the meanwhile, though, in the course of running all those events, the Gladiators and the Contenders uh, didn't hold back at all. They were fully throwing themselves at each other. Fights would break out. Nothing was staged. 
they really go to lengths to emphasize the fact that they weren't like um, wrestling. They weren't like WWE or WWF at the time at all. These weren't staged, choreographed fights. This was, this was, you know, real, but it's still them brutally hurting each other. So TWI introduced a referee slash executioner. It was a dude dressed up like an executioner who could call the events, basically declare the winner with absolution. So it didn't matter how the game got played or was run. This referee slash executioner could thumbs up or thumbs down who they declared the winner to be at at a win. And it just didn't go well with the rest of the show because they really wanted to emphasize how real it was. And they wanted the contenders to show that they actually had a standing chance. So they got rid of that referee. Then the show struggles with how to make the competitions look legit because in the, all those events that we talked about briefly, it didn't look legit. It looked like the gladiators had the full advantage and the contenders uh, didn't. Actually, no, the problem was the contenders looked like gladiators themselves. They, that too, but also they talked about how, like, especially with, um, what is it, the obstacle course? They, so, they showed that lady trying to hide behind those trees. <laughs> to shoot at the gladiator okay, and they yeah. were all sparse yeah so they were he was saying that like it it just looked off it didn't look like an everyday person could have jumped into this thing to try to fight these gladiators oh yeah i get because yeah it, it didn't look like everyday people can do it right they wanted to give the appearance that anybody can do it who had some type of athletic ability right also they couldn't get interest in the show for the live tapings so they would trick visitors who were going to universal studios for like the tours and the rides, because it's also a theme park. Um, and be like, hey, do you want to be a part of a live taping? And then just take all of those people to their show where they weren't ready. They had to set up and everything. So people would be sitting in the auditorium for like three or four hours before they just walked out entirely. It was so bad that they created cardboard people to fill the stands so that from far away it looked like a bunch of faceless people just sitting in the stands. <laughs> but it's cardboard people. So they, they were struggling to get like an audience for those first 13 episodes. Uh, meanwhile, the injuries were still mounting because nothing was safe. Everything was terrible. Even with these new events that they had thought out with TWI, people were still getting hurt. Uh, also, they, the gladiators talk about how the uniforms that they had to wear were complete hindrances. Like it didn't help them at all. They were either falling out of them or it was drooping or it didn't stretch the way they needed it to stretch for them Hot to do what garbage. they had to do. It was terrible um so the tested games resulted in high impact injuries and the execs didn't really care <laughs> so they were more concerned with the liabilities of whether or not they would get hurt uh they also didn't have any medical services available they didn't have a med team on staff in case somebody really really got hurt so you see scene after scene of the gladiators picking up the contenders and, and carrying them, them off stage <laughs> repeatedly it is crazy. So, but apparently the producers and directors wanted to push for like aggression for show appeal, which just furthered the injuries. Uh, and then we hit a very bad event that happens with the gladiators, which is the human cannonball. So, again, this is a situation where you've got contenders jumping off a ledge on a rope, Tarzan style, to feet first connect with a gladiator on a pedestal to try to knock them off to win this event. So when Cannonball first started, they really had no rules. So you can literally 
fly kick into a gladiator. Yeah. Do whatever you wanted to do, basically. Later, I think they made it so that you had to shift and ha- have your body get thrown into the gladiator. That's yeah. supposed to have they like an arm They made it so pad. that you can't throw your elbows or throw your arms. You had to fly into them with your body. But they had to do that because of all the injuries <laughs> people kept getting. So anyway, there's an incident with Malibu. Malibu is Boom, on the pedestal. Man. Yeah. And this contender comes at him hard. He got knocked off so hard off this pedestal, his own knee hit him in the face when he lands. Concussion, man. Whoa. And he gets right back up because he wants to stay professional. And I he, can feel my ribs, man. And he plays it off like, you know, sometimes you take the hit, whatever. He goes to the doctor. He had a concussion, broken ribs. He needed stitches. It was so bad the doctor didn't want to give him a pass to go back to filming because if he got any kind of injury after that, he could die. Uh, the series of his injuries are so severe that they don't even return him for the next half of the season. He's only in the first half of that first season. First of all, you can tell he didn't want to be up there because he knew what was coming. The Nitro explains that he could see that Malibu was somebody who wasn't used to taking a hit, basically. Nitro makes it akin to playing football. And apparently in football, if you come across somebody who is... A deer in the headlights, they don't want to take the hit. They don't want to take the hit. They're hesitant to take that hit. They start blinking really fast. I know the feeling. It's, it's, it's a human body coming at you anyway. Uh, then Malibu does like, you know, I got hit. They said, no, I thought I was on the beach with two bears and two lovely ladies. Then I woke up. And I saw stars, you know, this, and I'm like, okay, you, you, you saw Jesus' eyes. That's what happened. You almost <laughs> died. That's man. what happened. But in his defense, it, because the dude literally Kicks karate him. kicked him. Yes. Double leg kicked him. Like, yes. Off with the all pedestal. his weight. Yep. And momentum. And it's a high pedestal. It's not like it's low to the ground. It's a high behind pedestal, limited padding on that ground. So anyway. I've had stars before playing football. I was terrifying. Coming, I was coming down on the kickoff. Terrifying. And I was the gunner. That means you run full speed. Mm-hmm. So you start running before the ball gets kicked. Mm-hmm. You're running full speed. And you just hit. Mm-hmm. I remember hitting somebody. Mm-hmm. And I saw lights. Because probably I looked up into the, the lights. I saw lights. And I spun. And I just tackled the first person that was next to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tackled like one of the, the linemen, the mm-hmm. blockers. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. So I start putting somebody else out there. I sacrifice somebody else to go be the gunner. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, and that's the end of my. Uh, what well, I actually played the whole season though, but I didn't do kickoff no more. This this story had nothing to do with what we were talking about. Yeah. But yes, seeing stars, which Malibu saw. Okay. Anyway, he doesn't come back. Then uh, we also have Sonny, who was another gladiator they had brought on. Well. He didn't come back because the doctor told me, you take another hit, you might not make it. But the show later established that the show didn't want to have him come back on either. Well, yeah. Because they were concerned about that liability. Because even him coming back after the doctor gave the okay, they'd have to kind of baby him. They'd have to make sure he wasn't going to be in a situation where he could get knocked like that. And they don't want to deal with it. So, we also have Sunny, another gladiator. She was a cyclist. She blows out her knee trying to do one of the events. And it is a bad fall. It was Breakthrough and Conquer. Oh, my. They raised. They raised the little the circle thing. Yeah. It used to be on the ground flat. Yeah. For some reason, some genius got the idea. I'm going to raise this a little bit off the ground. So when she pulled the contestant, 
out. I guess she's. They're both struggling. The contestant manages to get the upper hand and is pulling her out of the circle. Oh, yeah. They got to pull a gladiator out. steps wrong. Yeah. That knee bent the wrong way. You see it bend the wrong way. And she falls to the ground. And if you know anything about that time, medical surgery for certain injuries were like. They they, couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. So those instant, your your career's over, like tearing your Achilles, any ACL, MCL tears, instant. Uh, career-ending injuries. This is where they actually mentioned the waivers in place portion of it. Zap talks about how they had signed these liability waivers. So if a gladiator got hurt, they just got hurt. And they there was no recourse for them. And they didn't a, get medicals paid, bills paid, nothing. nothing. It was just they're done. They were they got kicked off the show. So they, they ceased to get the income they were getting from Expandable. the show. And that was it. And Zap talks about how her knee is still messed up, like to this day. Cause a lot of them still got messed up. That is it, cold and crazy. So, also <laughs> during this time period, the the first half of the season is getting a whole lot of backlash from the media. They're talking about how it's a garbage show. <laughs> it's the lowest of intellect type of a show, and it's just putting us in a terrible position as a people. Imagine what they will say about TV now. Good gravy. Good gravy. Just imagine. So crazy. So so they're dealing with that too, and they're like, how are we going to be able to like do something with this when there's so many things against us? So they launched the second half of the first season. They get a medical staff. Yeah. They got a couple of new gladiators. Well, they have to take a break. They take a mini break and then they come back to do the rest of the season. Um what was what's happened? Oh, the ratings also were not good. The ratings were plummeting. So they figure we're gonna have to further fine tune what happens. They hire a new producer and they change a lot of how the events are being played. So the joust goes from being a full bridge that you're trying to knock people off of to two stationary pedestals that were that I'm more familiar with as a kid watching that show mm-hmm. to try to knock them off. They got better cushion. It's still not great cushion, but they got better cushion at the bottom. They added something called Atlas Sphere, where they actually put you in like a caged ball so you can roll up Which that was ramp. cool. And then every time the the, uh, the contestant would get in one of those spheres, smoke would fly up. And they added like lasers and more more effects and better lighting. Okay. So they did that. Uh, the uniforms changed. I don't think it changed for the better, but the uniforms did change. They made it more color-coordinated. So it's all red, white, and blue. Uh, they actually got them the medical team on set, like Calvin mentioned. They changed how the sets could get changed out because apparently setting up each event took like three or four hours. So now they could have stuff drop from the ceiling so that it only took like maybe half an hour to change it to the next thing. And uh, they really pride themselves on creating a party atmosphere. Another game that they had was called Hanging Tough. Basically, they'll just swing and like grab each other. Uh-huh. And the, the the gladiator has to pull them off the rings. The further they get, the more points they get. They get to the side of the platform. I forgot how many points it was. That was another popular uh, game that they created. So yeah, the second they season. created new things. Uh, and and it wasn't the second season. It was the second half. I of mean, the second half of the season. first season. I'm sorry. <laughs> All of these changes were happening in the same season. In the middle of the first season. It was crazy. They also figure out that they got to hire more gladiators as yes. much. Uh, injuries as these gladiators are sustaining, <laughs> they need 
to be able to rotate out these gladiators, basically. So they can have more bodies to destroy. Essentially. So they hire Laser, who comes from an NFL background. I remember him. You've got Titan, who also joins this huge black man. Don't remember him as much. I don't remember all these black people on the show. I was yeah, in shock. That's a, I remember Blazing Gemini. I remember, I remember Blazing Gemini. I don't remember Titan at all. Me either. So, but yeah. So, but he apparently was he here. was the first one to have the roid rage. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll, but get, we'll there. get there. Uh, Ice joins. Remember I remember her? Ice, and then uh, they also had somebody named Gold join. There, some don't of these gladiators that they remember Gold at all. Some of the gladiators they name drop, they don't go into like at all. Yeah. So either these people were like, "No, I'm not being in. The- <laughs> I'm not being in the show. Oh, you don't have permission. A- yeah, you don't have." Permission to put me in a documentary. Storm, I remember her. We'll get to Storm. So they have. So right now it's just Laser Titan, Blaze, Ice, Gold, and then we have Gemini and Lace. We also have Nitro, Zap. And I think that's it right now because the other two, Malibu and Sunny, got injured, had to leave. So now this is the new team between the new creative executive and the. They also hire a new director. The show seems to finally come together. However. Dear God, behind the scenes, it's a mess. The director that they hire, oh, this guy, who was supposed to be like quirky and wild, this sex is a huge maniac. sex addict, and they more than once imply that he may have used his position of being a director to have a relationship with the cast members. He would make Tiger Woods and Kirk, uh, Kirk Franklin blush. He talks about how he has an affinity for big strong women which is exactly what the show is about has a porn collection out of this world he brought plastic peni to the studio and just had them openly out there he had porn apparently also open and out there you know what it reminds me of that dumb movie we watched last weekend ooga booga the the hambo yeah he had all that porn in his his room oh yeah that's what i'm imagining actually that was in his room it was his his apartment it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed it was to be his dressing room. His dressing room, which is what's his Slash apartment. apartment. So anyway. But um, yeah, this dude. So and, and he threw sex parties in the in the hills. In the hills, frequently. And Calvin was like, "Well, they didn't have to go." And I'm like, "They didn't have to go again." This is the late '80s, early '90s. If you wanted to secure your position, clearly in a very easily replaceable job, you go. So he would be in the truck. Shooting the sh- the scenes for the the shows, and he just had like dildos, like I what guess truck. So they said he'd be in the the producer truck or whatever. There's no tr- producer truck. Yeah, there is. No, why would there be a truck? Whatever station he was in, he was in the producer station. He had like dildos, just like on his. It's the it's the coverage room. It's a part of the studio. It's not whatever. a truck. The coverage room. He just had dildos right on his. I just said Stand. that he had plastic peni all over his his desk. I just said this. You said desk. You didn't say whatever. Sure. And you said a truck. Anywho. Wow. He was very disgusting and a pervert. Very disgusting. Like unabashedly. And they kept saying stuff like it was a different time, which is like code for we knew it was fucked up, but we didn't want to stop it because he was making money. So. Because but he did change a lot of stuff and actually apparently changed take a lot off. of stuff, and he really did help. <laughs> from a from a visual standpoint, which cracks me up even more because they realize their demographic, like the the bigger the show gets, their demographic changes. 
So you've got this gross behind man helping to create a show for 12 to 17 year olds. What? Anyway, because it was a different time. All right. So uh, they also hire a Marine to help train the gladiators, especially on how to joust. And apparently this Marine got in his head that he was going to give the contenders the upper hand. He was rooting for them and not the gladiators. So he would heavily train the contenders on what to do and not train the gladiators. So when the contenders would face off with the gladiators, they would be beating these gladiators' butts in jousting to the point where the gladiators were like, uh, we need you to, to also teach us how to do this, sir. One gladiator in particular, Blaze, said that she hated him immediately. Like they did not, <laughs> they did not get along whatsoever, but she wanted to excel in her job. So she gives him a call and is like, I need you to train me on how to do this. Sarge agrees, but she's got to come down to San Diego to train with him. So she does, but apparently he treated it like it was a date. Sarge was a pimp. <laughs> but Blaze was like, no, no, no. I'm here to train. Because <laughs> Blaze was the only like real, actual, athlete, amazing athlete. She was like killing it in college. She's running track and field. She's doing all kinds of stuff. Got into bodybuilding. Like she was amazing. She also had like a very calm, cool head on her too. Like you, as the stories go on, we hear a wild and crazy guy. It wasn't like that for her. She was like, I, eh. she was already engaged. I think she was engaged to Sarge at the time of dating him at the same time. We find out. We find out her and Sarge actually hit it off and have been married for ages. So that goes down. Um, they talk about interpersonal relationships between the gladiators. Nitro says he never tried to do anything with the ladies. They were all his sisters. And then you go to the ladies and they're like, no, that he's, he was, was trying like, to do something with everybody. Zach was like, that's a goddamn lie. <laughs> No, no, no. He was trying to do that with everybody. He would try to get it in, and then he'd move on to the next girl. That's not true at all. So, apparently that was going on. Um, But the ratings for the show also just jumped up. It started doing really, really well. Then, all of a sudden, the the show is very concerned about the roid usage amongst the gladiators. Because they have a roid rage episode. So, So, the show, the documentary leads it off with Titan going into a rage apparently there was they did an event i think it was cannonball again it yes. was huge cannonball. cannonball event again the person the contender that was going after titan titan felt like they were doing the most and they were feet first into the face wasn't it the guy that they uh, the, the, the worst what, one yeah the no, one that guy was faced off against nitro it wasn't titan okay because I, I believe that man would have died it was yeah if it was titan i believe he would have died so a contender manages to knock Titan off of the pedestal, but it is done dirty. It Pretty much, dirty. she throws like a forearm shiver and hits, clips Titan's chin. I want to say it was a guy, it wasn't a girl. Yeah, like a guy. Uh-huh. He clips uh, Titan's chin. Yeah, and Titan, Titan don't like that. Well, again, it was dirty. It was dirty. How he managed to do that? He hits the ground. The referee makes the call that it's fine. The contender wins, basically. And Titan and, and the referee get into it to the point where Titan chases this referee into the stands. And Titan's in the stands throwing little kids and bodies he's, everywhere. He's in a full rage. The other gladiators have to try to come and get him and bring it him back down. It takes everybody to calm him down. Because Titan's, what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, 275. Three-something. Three-something. Huge. So, 
So, Titan gets fired, essentially, is what happened. And it said he had Roy Rage. But Titan says he wasn't on Roy's at the time. Apparently. None of them say, kind of, sort of say that. But the point is, out of nowhere, now the show has a problem with, with Roy Rage. Mind you, we're now into the second season of the show. And this is the same show that has pushed being aggressive, trying to be this huge athlete, really trying to reinstill the fact that they are selling Romanesque-style gladiators muscled down. And now, all of a sudden, they're like, we can't have roids. So the situation was that at the sa- around the same time, there was a roid scandal happening with the WWF. Apparently, people were coming after Hulk Hogan around this time for maybe juicing for WWF. Also, the s- sports in general, there was this whole roid crackdown. Talking about whether or not you could use these performance-enhancing drugs. Did so, you say uh, the Hulkster may be juicing? Oh, he was juicing. I'm saying I don't understand why all of a sudden they were like, the Hulk is using and why that was a problem. This man is humongous. All of the wrestlers are humongous. He had this 40-inch pythons, brother. I'm just saying I don't understand how, how randomly they were like, no, this is morally wrong. <laughs> like, it was just so, it didn't make sense to me. It was. It felt like it was random anyway. But they, they had to push, the reason they pushed aggression on the gladiators, they wanted to make it look as real as possible. I, I disagree because they only had this problem when the scandal broke for Hulk. They could have cared less. They could have cared less. And, it, and, and to prove that, when they have this whole Roy thing and the producers are talking about how they see syringes everywhere, they're like, we're going to put a policy in place that we have a zero, zero tolerance around roid rage we realize that our demographics like i said are 12 to 17 they're very young we don't want to push this message that roids are fine supposedly they tell these gladiators all right six weeks from now we're going to start testing which is what the time they need to clean their systems right so they can pass this test they test them and never tell them the results no one gets fired and they don't push it after that there's no further testing so again it was random it didn't make sense, and they could have cared less. But they wanted to be able to say, listen, we took it serious. I fired investigative them. news with Javon Mitchell. Also, they had to fire Titan because he did that in front of an audience. If that had happened behind the scenes. I forgot. It was <laughs> He ran into the stands. He ran into the stands to try to kill his referee. <laughs> They're taping. There's people there. Oh, man. They couldn't really cover that one, so. I, they honestly, they could have cared less. This this idea that they took randomly took a stance morally. You get it now. Son. Made no sense. So anyway, season two comes into play, and we have an even newer cast situation that's happening. Gemini's still there. Lace is still there. We got Nitro still. Ice Storm Thunder Blaze Laser Zap Titan, but he gets fired. Turbo Gold is still there. Turbo gets introduced. Diamond and Viper. I remember Turbo. How they did it on the, the actual show. Gemini. Lace. So it's around this time that the documentary also shows us some standout contenders that were on American Gladiators. Um, I'm going to save the one I have here next for last because that story is insane balls. Let's go ahead yes, and talk about the excellence. But can we go to the Gladiators? Which one of the Gladiators of the new season? Season two, did, do you remember? Turbo. 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 Yeah. Um, Laser. Blaze. I, I vaguely remember Titan. Vaguely. I don't. I don't remember Titan. I don't know who Gold is. Who's Gold? I remember Gold. 
I have no idea who the hell Viper is at all. <laughs> I can't put a face to that name. Anything. I'm sure we could probably find an old episode on YouTube. I I'm remember sure. Storm. Storm looked a little like Harley Banks to me. Uh-huh. She had that long face. I, rem- I remember a lot of the black ones because there weren't that many. So it was yeah. like, okay, this is it. This is them. Um, this is this. Yeah. Like gold, like you said, Viper. Mm-hmm. I remember Diamond. Um, Like you said, Golden Viper. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are in Titan. I don't I, know Titan who, either. Who the hell they are. But I remember Turbo. I was yeah. kind of hoping Turbo was going to be in the dock. Yeah. Um, I think Turbo had a, another reason he wanted to be in there. Look, I, I don't think he got along with everybody. Fair. I fair. don't think. I think him and um Nitro probably got into probably it. Probably got into it a lot. Fair. Anyway, so, uh, yes, they go and start talking about the contenders. There's one particular contender that's insane. We'll get back to that one. Yep. But there's... <laughs> There's two standouts, and I didn't realize all of the black excellence that was happening. Yeah, in yeah. the show, like the two best female contenders were like black. Yes, this Afri- African Peggy Odita. Yeah, Peggy Odita. I remember her. She, she was, was on the show more than once. She was killing them. She and she won every time she was on the show. Killing them. I think she did. She was on a sh- the show a total of three times. I think and won. and smoked them. Every time, and she's not a bodybuilder. On top of that, she's just quick as heck and athletic as fuck. Like it's crazy. Could not do nothing (laughs) with her. Every time she came back, they're like, "Well, we all we all know who's gonna win." (laughs) And and you can tell they were trying their hardest. You see, Ice, who was one of the baddest gladiators, one of the baddest female gladiators on the show, being like. I was trying my hardest to get this girl <laughs> every time. One of the cutest, too. Every time. I could not. And when they go to, uh, when they go and when they showcase Peggy, she's like, I just, she's like, I'm smaller. I'm slightly slimmer than them, right? Because, I, I mean, I'm athletic. I have endurance, but I don't have their muscle. But their muscle is a hindrance. So I just used that against them. It made them slower. So I just had to be quicker. And that's what I did. I mean, All three times I was on this show. She's running around. She's running through. She she's, had to wrestle them, though. And she still was winning. Because that one episode they, they, they showed, she did something where she kind of pulled. Okay. And the gladiator went high. And yep. soon as the gladiator came forward, she went low. And uh-huh. she just drove. Right. And just drove right out of the, the conquer uh-huh. circle. Uh-huh. She was like. Smart as hell. Like. Sh- crazy easily one of the best contenders of all time period oh and they also wanted to make her like an international contender because she's a dual citizen yeah she's like american and nigerian yeah it was hilarious and then they also had an olympic athlete in miss wendy brown 1988 olympic athlete here so blaze like i knew this chick from college college she knew exactly who she she was like I like, she's like, so you want to do the joust lace? She's like, no, not really. You go ahead. Because she's like, I knew she was going to kill us. I knew she was going to kill some of us. Blaze sets it up like people, other gladiators, not herself at all, but other gladiators were also trying to be in the entertainment industry. So they wanted Mm. more screen time. So she knew that this woman was coming in (laughs) to be in the show. She was initially set up to pair against her, but she was like, no. So she gave it to Zap, I think. Yeah. And so she gives it to Zap because Zap wanted the screen time. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And then she was like, she has no idea what's hitting, what's coming for her. This lady ran circles around everybody. She beats the brakes off Jack, uh, Zap in the, in the joust. 
Like, to the point where Zap just turns it back like, you like, can have it, bitch. You, was, you, you can have it, bitch. Zap's in the confessional like, I don't know what I did to this woman, but she, she was coming but at she me. she took it personal. <laughs> <laughs> to one point, Zap's like, bitch, you can have it. I'm done. I think she just voluntarily jumped off the, uh, the, the, ba- the basically. platform. Basically. Stop. And then she had she had to do this the circle one, whatever that is. Conquer. Conquer. She had to do conquer with this lady. And this lady was ruthless. She popped the top off of a zap, trying to wrestle her out this circle. Amazing. Amazing. The athleticism. I did not realize that all of this was happening in this show in the early 90s. I would have watched more closely had I known all that was happening. But they also talk about another contender for American Gladiators. And this dude is a piece of work. There is a contender called Eldon Kidd who is known as the dirtiest contender for American gladiators. And he, like, he says it, he doesn't necessarily say it with pride, but he's like, yeah, I'm the dirtiest contender for American gladiators. This, <sighs> apparent, according to this man, he didn't want to be on the show in the first place. He talks about, he goes to great lengths to explain that he doesn't care about any of this. It's a celebrity in it. Being on the show, oh, being talking, against these gladiators. We're talking about an angry man now? Angry man is next. Um, but he's known for his dirty tactics. So apparently his father wanted him to try out for the show. This dude is a tall dude. They show him in the late 80s, early 90s. He looks like a Shrek. Like he's not a bodybuilder. He said he doesn't really go to gym like that. But he is a very tall strong. dude. He's just a very, very tall dude. So, and, but, and he's not skinny. But he's not like super stocky either. He's country strong. If anybody knows that means pretty much country people are just naturally strong for no damn reason whatsoever. Oh, God, I hate to play uh, going up against country people, country dudes, mm-hmm. old, especially older country dudes mm-hmm. playing ball because mm-hmm. you both grab the ball at the same time. And you're trying to take it from him and he's just holding it in one arm and you can't take it from him. So you just give up to act like you just gave up. Right. Really, you're like, I could get this shit if I wanted to. That's insane. So this man is out here in the streets. So he tries out for the show. And while he's in the audition process for the show, uh, he's trying to like, he's, according to him, he's trying to play by the rules. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. That's not his his focus. But the showrunners that are running the audition are like, do what you got to do. Make sure you get casted. Make sure, if, you, if he bleeds, you're automatically in. And he was like, bet. So he does that. <laughs> he's like popping people in their faces. Like he's, he's going hard. And they were like, you're in. And then he, you're in. They lean into him, closely to his ear. They lick it on the top. And they go, you're in. Apparently, this show was very inappropriate across the Kiss board. Kiss him on the cheeks and like, you're in country, boy. Across you the board, inappropriate. So, um, apparently, he was also a jerk when he gets, <laughs> when he gets off to this show. A He's not shaking nobody's hand. Asshole. <laughs> complete. Like... They show one scene with this lady who's one of the contestants because mm-hmm. they're red together. Yeah. Tries to shake his hand, and he's like, nope. No. Doesn't even look at her. She just kind of walks away. So, uh, the whole, <laughs> he th- he just goes on and on about how the show wasn't shit. He, <laughs> he, he didn't like the attitudes of the gladiators. He felt he was cheated. Later. That's why. Later. He find- so, he does the whole show, all these events, playing dirty as heck. He's popping people in the nose with elbows, punching faces, Literally. kicking. He he's paired up with Nitro for that stupid human cannonball thing. Cannonball. Where he is fully elbows, feet, like trying to hurt Nitro in addition to get him off this pedestal. He's like throwing his elbows and everything. And 
I guess he got disqualified one time. For a human cannonball. Yeah. They're like, it's very clear he's trying to physically hurt him. But on the show, he was trying to do like this whole like, oh, I don't understand. Gee golly. I don't know my strength. <laughs> Gee golly. I didn't know I was strong as ox. <laughs> Gee golly. Did and I- then in his confessions, he's like, I lied. I knew exactly what I knew exactly what I, I was doing. Did I, I kick went, him in the nuts? Uh, Gee golly. I don't know. My leg just went up. Totally knew what I was doing. So, so he gets docked points. After he purposely tries to hurt Nitro on the human cannonball event, he gets docked points. He ends up not winning that particular episode of American Gladiator. And for a person who said he doesn't care so many times, he feels away about like not having care. won. Sound like he kind of cares. He feels away. He's like, and then they knocked me for a full five points. Stupid show. It was anyway. rigged. Yeah, it's a stupid show. Like, ugh, this man is crazy. I was too busy saving lives. This man is crazy. So, all of that goes down. Um, meanwhile, the show is taking off still. The show is on billboards now. Get, the gladiators are getting bookings for commercials, cameos on shows. They're on magazines. They meet the president, who at the time is George Bush Sr., who has a whole speech, speech. where he talks about the American gladiators. Well, he references the American gladiators. Goodness gracious. Um. By the way, they're doing all this, and they're only getting paid, what, maybe $500? We'll get to that. Yep. They don't get paid a whole lot, so. At all. And they're uh, putting their bodies on the line consistently. Also, the order that the way, the way that this is mapped out is like a fever dream. Because you'll get a timeline of how the show is progressing. But then you get all of this exposition of for the gladiators here and there. Like, we ran... We randomly find out about Nitro's past, where he lost contact with his mother. His father moved them away from well, Japan. Well, sounds like his father took them from their mother. Yes. Apparently, they were in, in Japan. And then the father was like, no more. And I'm assuming the father was military. I can't figure out other, otherwise why he'd be there. I can't figure out or why. Or how he'd be able to leave so easily with these kids. Oh, yeah. Why they'll allow him to take the kids. Yes. Unless it's. Because military, so that's but that doesn't make sense either. Because what policy is that? Oh no, that's a real thing. They were doing it in the Philippines all the time. Yeah, yeah. American uh, soldiers want to leave me. with their children. Yeah, what? yeah. Oh, I just yep. learned something new today. It happened a lot in South Korea too. Oh yeah. Oh yep. I, I just learned something. So anyway, I had no idea. We get a story about Nitro's childhood. His dad took him away from their mother. It was him and his brother. So he lost contact with his mom while they were on the plane to go back to the States. And he was crying. I guess somebody who was trying to comfort him. You, your sniffles are louder than my talking. Sorry. Goodness gracious. Anyway, somebody who was trying to comfort him basically told him, big boys don't cry. Make a muscle. Look how strong you are. And he kind of affiliated mm-hmm. all of that with his own perception of worth, which is why he kind of chased after the bodybuilding dream. Who would think something that was said to you when you were four years old would just It's it's not the singular thing the man said. It was in addition to a traumatic event that was happening. So that's why it all tied together. And it's how he figured out how to get through that event. But it wasn't a healthy way to get through that event, is what had happened. Okay? Okay. So. Four years old. Yeah, he's four. The, very impressionable. Yes, he's four. I can barely tell you what happened to me at four years old. Okay, Calvin. Anyway, so Nitro talks about how, like, that's why he was, like, using ju- juice, red roiding, because he was trying to be, like, as strong as possible. 
Choo, kind choo, of a deal. Choo. Laser also was looking for acceptance from his dad. His Apparently his thing. father never told him he loved him. Yeah, his dad never told him he loved him, never told him he was proud. He was kind of chasing after that. And he got into bodybuilding because his father was very athletic uh, his growing His father up. was like a boxer. A boxer. Yeah. So, and, and that's why he was using. But we get this story randomly, and then we go back to the rest of this, to the show. But we never really got anything behind Gemini's past or nope. Blaze, really. Nope. Or Storm. Nope. Or kind of Storm. But not, but not like her childhood like we but did the, with the these future. guys. The future. We got her. Yeah. What happened to her post-Gladiator. Right. True. They kind of touched Zaps. They did touch Zaps. Zaps talked about how she did, had to leave her house all the time. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. they briefly touched her yeah. childhood. Did it touch Ice's one? I don't remember. Nope. Touch they didn't touch Ice. They didn't so touch So it was like random. I guess who felt like sharing, they got it. Got it. And who didn't? They were like, whatever. It's very. It was so random. But so we get that. Um, also, we find out the gladiators aren't all juicing. They're not all using steroids. Some of them are using human growth hormone, which is slightly different. It doesn't pop if you're running a steroids screening. It won't show up as something that you're using. They're also taking supplements, a lot of supplements and stuff too. Right. Um, but but, but all of it was to get that bigger physique. Yeah. And so. too, they said the other thing you mentioned. Uh huh. They use that to also like heal muscles and. That's what human growth hormone is for. It's supposed to help, like, reinforce your that that type of tissue. Which I can't blame them because they're running their bodies into human beings. Which makes me wonder how effective was it in helping them? Because they were wrecking themselves daily. Did you see Gemini's pinky? Yes. I give you grief for your jacked pinky. Yes. It's yes, literally like an N. Goodness. So anyway. Anywho. All that's going down. Um, but in the meanwhile, they're getting famous, famous. Now the merch is starting to come out. There's all these toys, cereal boxes, macaroni and cheese boxes. Lunch boxes. Merch is coming out the show's ears. And but Mattel, they did a, a, I guess American Gladys did a deal with Mattel or something that, like that? That's where those figures came from, yeah. Mattel. So they yeah. did a big deal with Mattel, and they got none of that. They didn't get paid for none of that merch. The show, the show execs are like, listen, there wasn't a lot of money being made from the merch. We were making that much money, so we didn't pay them more. There wasn't a whole lot to spread around. Which of the merch do you remember? I, rem- I really don't remember. Like, I remember you- the video game. Yeah, I remember the video game. I, I think the- I had the video I game. Remember I remember the toys, because we had, we had Gemini, and I we had Laser. don't remember the toys. And we had Ice. I remember the toys because the toys oh, were they were cheap. You guys you could, didn't get Blaze. Blaze wasn't available where I was at. I lived in Whiteland, so. Also, I don't think Blaze got a toy. I don't know if you saw that, but the toy she's holding is Gemini. It's not her. Oh yeah. I think all the female ones they did were all the white ladies. I don't think Blaze got a toy. Mm. Okay. But, but she's on the lunchbox. I never saw the lunchbox. I remember the lunchbox. I don't. I don't remember too much of the merchandise except the video game. Probably. They had, I don't know if you remember the plastic card ones that had the thermos. Do you remember those? No. It was like yay big. I'm making like a square. There, it was like about yay big. It came with a thermos that also had the American Gladiators. It no. matched the picture on the front, and you popped it open. Those were the best lunchboxes. The only lunchbox I remember having or remember is the He-Man lunchbox. Okay, but it was a plastic one, right? No, I had like the metal one. Oh, 
Like the tin ones? Yeah, the ones that I with, like, tried. like the class? Yeah, the one I tried to kill people with. Yeah, oh that one. <laughs> the, the one that was turned into a serial killer. Yeah, that one. How old are you, Calvin? Uh, That came out in the 80s. You're 80s, baby, so stop this nonsense. I didn't like, have a He-Man lunchbox. He-Man stopped airing when I was born. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you had one of those. Yeah, I A had, tin one? I, yeah. They weren't making tin lunchboxes when I went to school. The they were in, all plastic. I used to use it as like a drum. You make certain sounds. A tin one. It will save you in fights. Did it come with a thermos? I think so. I don't remember. Anyway. I just remember using it as a weapon. But in terms of American Gladiator, I remember the lunchbox. I remember the video game. For protection, people. Figures. For protection. I remember the macaroni cheese boxes because they they were all over. I those. don't remember none of that. They stuff. were all over the Kraft mac and cheese. I don't remember. I don't even remember um, them doing commercials like the cereal commercial that Titan did. The, I, I don't remember that. It was a whole thing with I want to say Wheaties or shredded wheat or I something. I remember other athletes doing that where they like a grown person that's and they what, shrink that, to a little, little That was kid. the whole series. They did it for a bunch of athletes and that included the American Gladiators. I don't, but I just, like I said, I don't remember that. And too, I don't remember that much anyway. So oh, okay. Don't even matter. But yeah, I remember the merchandising. Absolutely. Yeah. But they didn't get no cuts from it because the show was like, oh, what are you talking about? It's not nothing. We don't money. make that much money. We're still in the black. You know, black for like six, seven, 80 four, years. Right. Yeah, five <laughs> seasons. You're still in the black. You know what show? We're one of the, the biggest shows on TV, but you're still in the black. Like so the, I said, I watch it every Sunday. The, the execs also decided, let's launch a national tour because we want to make even more money. <laughs> so they launched a national tour. So <laughs> that confused me, though. So that means, I guess, on the off season. So they shot the rest of their current season. And then on the off season, they went to this tour. Yeah. Dang. And they only took a small amount of gladiators. They took, like, the original. They took the faces. They took the six. Yeah. Yes. Or 12. 6, 12, 6, 12. Yes. They Whatever. took, uh, who they take? They take Blaze, Blaze Gemini. Gemini, Storm. Storm came with them. Ice, Ice, Laser, Nitro. Zap. Zap came. Diamond was there. I'm sure there were other ones. I'm sure. We just don't know their names. Yeah. Other ones were there. Then, then they ended up hiring two more on top of that. Because they were. Running their bodies into the ground. Running their bodies into the ground. So they That's have, when Tower came in. Tower comes in, and so does Sky. Sky, yeah. Yep. But so they do this national tour, and basically they have a few big cities, but it's mostly small areas where they go in, they set up these random little obstacle course, and they pull audience members to be the contenders for each stop. Well, how they did it was they were like, if your city thinks you have the best. Uh, Challengers to go against uh-huh. the gladiators, then come on out, and they did like a whole raffle, raffle, but no, lottery. Like, lot, not really a lottery. Like they did a tryouts, tryouts. No, they didn't do tryouts. They did tryouts to get the other gladiators, but that that was their deal with Seven Eleven. So this Wacamame oh, tour, God. okay, okay, okay. So they I didn't saw, even have a sponsor for it till like two months in. Yeah, to so them that's, going. what I saw was them trying out gladiators, not the right. actual contestants they're right. doing raffles okay they did you. tryouts for the gladiators to come okay. down okay but they were doing like you had to go to 7-eleven and get like the, some kind of ticket thing to basically get chosen to be a contender for the thing well at this point people are hanging out at 7-eleven like it was the mall 7-eleven used to be bomb it had the video games in it you could get slushies all day it also had hitchhikers and kidnappers yes. and drug dealers and drug and druggies pedophiles absolutely pedophiles but also slushies you know, so we used to play. Man, 
remember Frogger when, was what was that? They had like video games and like all those like supermarkets and all the stuff. As soon as you walk in, they had like a little arcade section. I don't remember the supermarkets. Walmart's the only place I know that had it like that. Piggly Wiggly had them. We did not have a Piggly Wiggly by me. I'm sorry. I lived in civilian world. Kroger. You had a Kroger? No. Nope. Kroger. Y'all have grocery stores? That a Kroger. We had Vons. We had Ralph's. Y'all didn't have one in Ralph's? Like an arcade? No. Little thing? Would you? We had the little machines. You put yeah. the quarter in. Yeah. But it wasn't a video game. It was like the, the ones where you turn the knob to get the prize. That's what we had. Maybe they didn't like y'all. Maybe. Because I remember like video, have the whole video game section in the mall. We didn't have that. We, we did have the rides. We did have those like little horsey rides. We could yeah. put, like the, the no, coins we in had there. a whole arcade. We had an actual arcade. We didn't have to go to the grocery store. Well, I mean, but in a mall, we didn't have. We had, we had something called Nickel City. I don't think we had a standalone. If we did, only time I went to the arcade is when I went to the mall. We and had, they went shopping, and we, I just went. We to had the arcade. several standalones. Thank you very much. And then. When we I were lived Walmart, in the city. And all that stuff, I'd be in the arcade sections. Because it's right there as soon as you walk in. So if somebody wanted to steal kids, all you have to do is wait at the door until their parents went in. <laughs> and it was right by the door, too. Right by the door. Literally. Snatch. Gone. That's pretty much how. You know they have no cameras there. Snatch. You know what? We? Whoo, we was. Oh, our parents didn't give a shit about us. <laughs> now that I think about it, we were in the danger zone so much. They literally would put an arcade by the exit door. <laughs> And there would be kids just standing there playing games mm-hmm. the whole time. Because mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles was big when I was a kid at the arcade, whatever. Yeah, it was like right near the door. Ninja Turtles was always hard. It hey, was but always a hard We game. never got kidnapped. So what's that say about us? You were black. No, we were tough. You were also black. We were not go with strangers. You were also you black. Cannot, you cannot get me with candy. You were also black. Well, you act, you act like they weren't snatching up black kids. They, they probably were. They were. We were harder to corral. That's what it was. It was like cats. So yeah. I don't know. Also, you were in a small town. Everybody knew each other. So they'd be like, why is Brian no. here? No. Um, when we went to the store, no. It's a whole different ball game. Interesting. That's more like the city. Interesting. So Anyway, no. off topic, wildly. Yes. Um, so but anyway, back to them. So they're doing the tour. They had to hire new uh, gladiators because they were running their original gladiators to the ground. Because they were going City to city, day to day. Like, there was no breaks. It was nonstop. These people are trying to ice themselves down in the off times while they're traveling to try to get ready to do the next show. You, The way that they were icing themselves, Laser has his elbows wrapped up in tape with ice bags under the tape. So the ice bags are taped to his elbows. That's pretty much how they do athletes. And, and his yeah. knees. That's how they do athletes, yeah. And they had to dunk themselves yeah. in Gatorade coolers filled with ice. Yeah. They couldn't feel their arms sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Insane. Welcome to being an athlete. Insane. Oh, also their diets went wildly off track because they couldn't eat like the whole foods they were used to getting meal prepped because they had to eat on the road. So they're just eating all kinds of craziness. Tyra said him and Laser, I think it was, tried to do that for like a month and they're like, we just can't do it. Anymore. Right. It just got too crazy. They, or they were trying to eat clean for a yeah. month. They're trying to meal prep and all that stuff. Couldn't, they couldn't do it. There wasn't, there was, there's no way to do it. But apparently they also lived their best lives on this tour bus. <gasps> Live my best life. They, the, they said there was like wild antics, crazy sex, drinking. When they showed the videos of them being on tour though, they look like a happy little family. Like they're all getting along. They're all bonding. 
And that's when they all found out Blaze and Sarge were having a little got a thing going on. They knew Sarge was because they teased her. There's a whole portion in there where Gemini's like, so what's it like with Sarge's nuts? Like, it's inappropriate. Inappropriate. That's more like your brother hassling you, picking on you. But we also get stories. I didn't realize all the queer representation that also was in American Gladiators. Oh, yeah. I, we, I found out that Ice and Storm were lesbians. I think they were. Uh, no, Ice definitely was out. I don't know about Storm at the time. But Ice was like, she had a bet. Not necessarily a bet. But she had a, a like a rivalry going on with the guys about girls that could pick up. Picking up girls. City to city. And she has a whole story about how, like, these guys, it's it's Laser, Nitro, and Tower, who were all fiending for this one particular woman who had come out to, to be a challenger. <laughs> to be a challenger. And they were trying to, like, get in with her. And they were like, you should come by later. We're going to go to be at this place. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. She goes to them. She does not show up to this place. As they're all in the lobby of the hotel they were staying at to head out to the next city, Ice comes down the stairs, arm wrapped around the girl everybody was fiending for. Hilarious. Hilarious. She got game. He got game. They was, got game. This was after she scolded them for trying to do this in the first place. <laughs> like, it was a great story. But yeah, apparently, like, even though the optics of everything was terrible, and they probably weren't getting paid what they needed to be paid, they were having a good time being with each other. However, Storm gets knocked out of being on the tour after she gets hurt. She tears her ACL. Like, snaps that sucker. She was doing one of the shows, lands on her knee wrong, and it's, it's lights out, and they fire her, and she gets kicked off the tour. So it becomes like a reality shock to them, like, even though we're having fun, they still can replace us at any time. It doesn't matter. We don't have any standing, so. So that's when they decide we need to take a stand and try to get and get it piece of this merch money or whatever eventually yes eventually they, they go that route but um what else was happening oh ice talks about how the show was aware that she was a lesbian and she didn't want to hide the fact that she was but at the time because it's the late 80s early she 90s she had a girlfriend and they wanted her to not talk about it she was like i won't talk about it while i'm on the show sure whatever fine but she wanted to bring her girlfriend around you know when she was doing practice and everything and they were like no we need to keep this like a family <laughs> A family place. Mind you, they're juicing. They're having sex everywhere. But we need to keep this like a family place. Anyway. The worst. So, But she said the gladiators themselves were completely accepting. Storm said the same thing. They were completely accepting issues with like race or their sexuality. They're, they didn't have any issues with their teammates. They did have issues with the higher-ups. Crazy. So um, what else was going on? Oh. The money situation. So like we were saying, they weren't getting paid for the merch. They weren't getting paid well for the show. They were only making 500 an episode. Yeah, and when Storm went down, it was like a real reality check. Because one of them were, was gone and down. Right, exactly. Um, and the execs were like, like we were saying, they were like, oh, we don't have the money to, <laughs> to, have, to tap you in to the merch. Uh, you guys didn't agree to any of that in your original contracts, which are still... In effect, so and we can't change anything. The either. owner of whatever station or network they were, the owner of the show, the guy who owns the show, Samuel yeah. Goldwyn. Yeah, he was like the net. He owned the network. No, he didn't own the network. Well, the network was ABC. Not the network. The um, he didn't. It was filmed in Universal Studios. 
he owned whatever. the distribution rights. Yeah. Yes. He yeah. owned the show. Yes. Yeah. So, but wasn't he his father like the owner of what? his father was the the owner of an older studio? Samuel Goodwin is no longer a studio. It got turned into like a producing company, basically. Okay. Yeah. And that's what he was the yeah, yeah. owner yeah. of. Okay. Yeah. But so the talent realizes that their contracts say in perpetuity for a lot of stuff, which means like they own their likeness forever. Pretty much, that's how everybody's contract was in Hollywood at the time. In perpetuity, because a lot of people don't know what the perpetuity means. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen a contract. It is tiny writing. And if you don't have somebody, like a lawyer, look that stuff over, you can get screwed over and super Somebody easily. who doesn't understand what certain words mean. Because they use certain words that you might not know. And that's how they get over on people. They do use legal phrasing where you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, so. But it's just how dismissive the execs are when they show them that they're just like, ah, so, no, nope. And apparently when they were like, let's bring it up to Samuel Goldwyn, they tried to team up. So you had Nitro, Gemini, and Ice trying to get the other gladiators to essentially boycott with them and be like, listen, we're not going to show up to work unless they agree to renegotiate our contracts. You're making so much money off of what we do for you for this show. We deserve it. But the other gladiators, they had their own, honestly, good reasons to not try to shake the boat. You had Laser who didn't want to join. He just had two babies trying to keep the roof over their head. He was worried about how he was going to be able to keep his money because Storm just got fired. You also had Blaze, who was kind of in a similar situation. I don't think Blaze even knew they were doing that. Diamond didn't know they were doing it. Blaze knew they were doing it, but she didn't want to be a part of it. She was like, I'm good where I'm at right now, essentially. She didn't want to join it. And then you had Tower, who was like, I'm the new guy. I don't want to shake the boat. Like, I I understand that this is important for y'all, but I don't don't really want to have any skin in the game. Mm -hmm. So it's just Zap, Gemini, Ice, and, and Nitro that end up banding together to go to this meeting. With Sam Goodwin. But Sam Goodwin's like, my father never renegotiated, so I'm not going to. And the end result is that they get terminated. They also terminated Diamond, even though she wasn't a part of the meeting and had no idea they were trying to do this because she had a close affiliation with them. So they're like, she's gone too, essentially. Uh, And they they ended Blaze. Even though Blaze didn't join them, they fired Blaze too. They get rid of her. They wanted to get rid of all the originals. Because they felt though they were the poison. So Laser is still an original, and he's still there. But anyway, well, he didn't join. He neither did Blaze. Blaze, I I don't know. It's politics, I guess. So they just start firing people, basically, and I'm sure it was to, like send a message. Yes. So they switch it out. They get new gladiators hired. The remaining gladiators are like, how do they're trying to figure out how to navigate this now with all of their old colleagues gone. And that's pretty much the start of the end of Gladiators, American Gladiators. Basically, because the ratings start to go down and it's hot garbage. So, out of the new guys, only one person I remember was Saber. And the only reason I remember him because he was doing a lot of acting, TV stuff. And then he was also in the uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation movie, the, the second Mortal Kombat. Who he, did played he, play? Jax. Jax. he played Jax. He played Jax. Played Jax. Yeah, so he was actually doing a lot of TV shows in, mo- in, a, in, a, in a movie. Okay. 
So that's the only reason I remember Saber. I don't remember nobody else. So anyway, so. Like I said, that's the only one I remember. So, uh, so American Gladiator starts to change because they got rid of all of those people. They didn't have the same faces to help propel them as they had before. Um, and the gladiators that got fired are now like trying to figure out what to do next now that they're no longer on the show. Nitro tries his hand at writing scripts and making movies. Uh, he actually does a movie with Gemini that never got released. But it doesn't really take off. It doesn't really go anywhere. And then you have Ice, who becomes a personal trainer. She's like, I just followed the route of, like, a lot of weightlifters after their career, you know, kind of ends. They go into personal training. So she does that. Um, Zap also got into acting. She was on JAG. Mm -hmm. So she was doing that for a little bit. She thought that was going to sustain her. But JAG doesn't take off the way she thought it was going to. So she doesn't end up, she ends up not doing that anymore as well. And because American Gladiators is suffering from all of the change that they did and the ratings are suffering, they're like, how about we call some of these, <laughs> call some of these people back? What if we do that? They get Zap to come back for one episode. She does that. But it's a kind of a sucky episode because she's facing her colleagues who are like, we love you. We don't want to hurt you. I don't want to fight you. That's after Zap did the, porn, the Playboy magazines as well. Was it after? Yeah. She did the Playboy, and then she had cut her hair, uh-huh. then they asked her to come back. It was still, why? They were hurting that much. She also didn't want to come back to the show, so she just agreed to the one episode, and then yeah. was like, I'm not doing this anymore. They get Nitro to come back. Nitro's like, I'll come back under the uh, condition that, well, he was trying to get merchandising rights, and they were like, no. But he was like, well, then, if I come back, you make me a host for the next season. And they were like, okay, we'll try to do that. And apparently he did a good job. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty much talking about what he knew. Yeah, so, yeah. so he was pretty good. He did pretty good with that. I don't think Gemini came back though. No, right? Gemini didn't come back. Blaze didn't come back. Right, so they didn't want to come back. Um, Ice comes back though. Eventually. Yep, Ice comes back. And the rate, I mean, the it kind of helped, but kind of didn't because it wasn't very long lasting. Tower ends up getting terminated. As the new people, or as the old people start coming back, he doesn't really get a rhyme or reason for that at all. They're just like, eh. But he said he doesn't blame Nitro. He just... Right. Yeah. He's like, I guess it was just, I guess it was a time. Tower also goes through some stuff after he leaves. Because his body's so banged up and bruised, he gets addicted to painkillers and opiates. And he tries, he has to figure out how to get himself clean. Doing that. Like, that's this show was insane. So... Then, after seven seasons of American Gladiators, the show finally gets canceled. Mind you, getting all these people to come back, that was like around season, I want to say season six is when they got all those people to come back. Because season yeah. five is when they all got terminated. Yep. So, so then they decide to make it a dinner show in Orlando. So they do this dinner show in Orlando. That was lame, essentially. Essentially. A lot of the Gladiators were like, this was a debacle it didn't make sense why were we doing this they just had like a dirt arena where everybody's eating their pork chops to watch them try to do the same stuff they were doing on the tv show except that the contenders that they're facing off against are the same contenders they're hired staff so it's they're like it felt like we were just going after our <laughs> our teammates again and again night after night so it didn't even have the same like aggression to it like the other show did and it doesn't last. It doesn't take long. I don't even think it finished a full year before they showed. And they don't even get noticed that the show's done. They show up one day to go do this stupid show. 
and there's chains on the doors. It's over. It's over. And then we get like a little catch up on how everybody followed that after American Gladiators was like done done. For a lot of them, they were kind of lost for a little bit, not having the show. But eventually they get their feet under them. Uh, Zap moves to Utah. She becomes a ski instructor slash golf something. Professional? I don't know. Golf at a... a an amazing golfing, like a prestigious golfing resort, she said. Right. She does that. Oh. Um, Gemini, they don't really say what Gemini was doing. No, acting, he did. He said he went back to bouncing. Bouncing and then acting. He he did a little a little bit of acting in the late 80s. Did early. a couple of Camille's and Simon and Simon. Right. Remember that show? And then he went into bouncing, but then he got into personal training. So he yes. did that. He went into personal training. Uh, Blaze was going after her master's degree. But then she became like a stay-at-home mom for her children that she has with Sarge. Sarge went off to the war, went off to Iraq war. So she stayed at home, helped raise the family. She's a substitute teacher. So when she Mm -hmm. says she she goes into classes, she'll be like, you probably don't know who I am, but your parents and grandparents do. Then um, Ice kind of got her feet under her. She was doing personal training. And then she got on social media. She currently has a TikTok right now. Mm-hmm. And she does a podcast. Um, but I don't think they said anything about what Storm does, but they did go into how Storm kind of got into alcoholism. Yes. Um, after she got fired off the show, and it was a struggle for her to try to you know figure out how to stay clean. But Laser and his wife came through for her, and they like really supported her mm-hmm. and helped her get clean. Yeah, which was dope. Uh, Laser himself, he went through a bunch. Apparently, he had bouts where he would just blackout and was fighting people in a full blackout state and it scared him so much he figured out he had to get clean and then he ended up working for other what was it fitness companies I think he ends up doing that he also had a side story about him and Nitro fully fighting roided up when they're in the American Gladiator fighting in a jeep over a song Sir mix a lot. So what happened was they were fighting over the who's going to control the the radio, the radio. Yeah, and then they got into a full out pulled brawl. over, got into a full out brawl. Then went to lunch. Mind you, Laser bites Nitro in the face. Nitro punches the heck out of Laser's eyeball. So they look insane. Then they get to the restaurant and they start laughing over how ridiculous they look. So they look like maniacal psychos. At this restaurant. <laughs> the story was so random. And the animation did not help. It made me laugh out loud very hard. So anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's not after Gladiators. That was during Gladiators. But still. So then they show that. Uh, Nitro also gets clean. He ends up going to therapy. And now is a public speaker. He's written two books that have done really well. He's a public speaker. Who am uh, I forgetting? Uh, uh, Laser also made peace with his father. father. His father yes, too. He did. And his father fought to that he loved him. <sighs> anyway, Sorry. Calvin doesn't like emotions in people. Oh. Um, Nitro also reconnected with his moms. Yeah. He, he, got, he got reconnected with his mom. That was very cool. Um, Sky became uh, OnlyFans foot, foot model. Foot model. I got to give her, get that paper. Absolutely. She's like, men love women with big feet. She's like, paint my nails red, white, and blue. And they have nothing but money to give me, so it's great. So then she does that. Um, who else? I, I think that's it, right? That's that was it. everybody. Yeah. And yeah, and but then they show the con- 
Then they show the contestants. Yeah, they, they show, show the, the contenders. What the content- contestants, the, the best, uh, the most memorable contestants were doing. So, we're just going to skip past the nice black excellence because they're doing very well from themselves. The crazy man who played Dirty. What was his name again? Angry man. <laughs> it's like Eli something. Oh, Eldon. Eldon Kid. We find out Eldon Kid, uh, post gladiators, was like, I got into the smuggling business. Literally. Literally. He would go to Mexico. He's and, a human and, smuggler. And smuggle people across the border. And he was like, there's really good money in it. Like, he says it so ca- <laughs> he says it so casually. There was really good money in it. Uh, you know, I did end up having to do two years in Mexico. A Mexican prison. I don't know if you've ever seen Prison Break. Sure. But, no. So, any like, and he talks about how, like, him being associated with American gladiators helped him in prison. Because it was enough to keep the, the re- he said, the really bad guys off of him. Because they were like, oh, no, you were an American gladiator. And I just thought it was so cool. Sir, let's go back to the smuggling part that you just breezed by. You did what? Yes. Excuse me? Huh? Smuggling human beings. And they show a picture of him awkwardly holding what looks what looks like an indigenous Mexican woman. I'm like, are you married to her? Why are we getting this photo? Is this an example of who you smuggled over? Yes. This documentary is wild. <laughs> this documentary is wild. It's so crazy. And that's it. That's American Gladiators. That's how they ended it. You're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. I forgot Great. all about them, by the way. All about. I forgot all about them. The American Gladiators. The show. Uh-huh. Everything. But yeah. all of these other little uh, shows that are like, um, that they got like the Titan one that, uh. The Titan one. Like the Rock has. Oh, they talk about how like American Ninja. American Ninja. All that um, stuff is pretty much a byproduct of American Gladiators. Some of them are from Japan though. Yeah. Like but, Wipeout's from Japan. Yeah. but American Ninja Warrior's from Japan. But the one that the Rock does, the Titan one, where you got the people that battle the other people. Uh-huh. That's, it's more American Gladiator style. Like American Gladiator style. But yeah. I mean, I understand how they're saying, because they said American Gladiator actually goes international. It went overseas. Yes. And it was hugely popular. And, and great and great Britain. So, but that was it. That was American Gladiators. Uh, I, if you remember the show and you have an affinity for American Gladiators, I highly recommend you watch the, the little documentary. It's about five episodes, six? Maybe six. Maybe six. It's, it's, the episodes are long. They're like an hour and some change. But I think it's worth it. it. The whole time we're watching it going, what? Huh? You smuggle humans? What do you mean? What do you mean? Explain. So. That's a great job to get into he said it so casually <laughs> so wonder, like oh yeah uh around 93 how that happened did he get a pamphlet or something how how did that happen who was he hanging out with that was like you know what you should do how about you join me with the smuggling it's a good know. money they got a great 401k get her done that is crazy Thank you for listening to We Like That Podcast. We like that. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time. Later, people. Oh, yeah.